Good morning. Hello, everybody. How you doing? It's Jesse. This is After the Gig. And today on the show, I have my buddy Andy Sorensen. Um, so we're just going to kind of get right into it. Andy plays guitar for Atlas Grey. They have a new album out or a newer album out that they released in 2021. And uh, it's awesome. I listened through last night and it's pretty badass. It's great. Um, so this is actually also the first in-person podcast that I've done with anyone other than someone from Carbon Leaf. So it was pretty incredible to have someone come to my house and sit across from me and another human and have uh, a couple of beers and share an awesome conversation. So I'm uh, really happy about that. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoy the episode. If you want to email in, you can email me at afterthegigpod at gmail.com. The merch store is afterthegigpod.com, and you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthegig. So please enjoy my conversation with the great Andy Sorensen. Let's get to the top. intense when he does anything yeah so he can focus like it, it's like ultra focus on whatever he's doing that's amazing yeah it's really weird yeah <laughs> but, but that's fun. that's cool though i mean that, yeah. that's promising i mean that'll lead to a lot of stuff as you know yeah you can zone in that hard i'm trying to like i'm trying to hone him in yeah to do like because i saw this this i think two-year-old or two-month yeah i don't know he what was that vibrating Oh, it could be that. Oh, it's that. Okay. Yeah. Make sure it's not my phone. So. Uh, actually, let me turn that off. Um, the uh, get him one of those rudiment books. <laughs> well, we're going was, snare drum all day, baby. I think there was this <laughs> one-year-old kid that I saw on Instagram that um, better shut off. Yeah. <clears throat> that was doing literally like double stroke rolls. Yeah. So, just yeah. super even and it didn't even yeah. look right because there's a kid at the church that i play at that's like a family friend who's man when he was three he was laying a backbeat and i was like jamming with him i'm just like yeah. it's like this is fine yeah i'm like it's pretty <laughs> sweet <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it's crazy he's coming for the gigs <laughs> man i yeah. i don't remember do you remember the earliest that you could like play or wanted to play I I started when I was 10 and it was like I got into a couple things that sort of wanted me to pick up a guitar um, and I told my parents I wanted a guitar mm-hmm. and they were like oh really you know that kind of thing um, so my grandparents bought me one. No, oh nice yeah yeah you like know. if you're not gonna buy we're gonna <laughs> yeah, we're totally. gonna, we're gonna yeah. ruin your life for you <laughs> yeah that was fantastic and um <laughs> yeah so I but I don't have any like vivid memories I mean the only thing I remember being like heavily inspired by at that age was watching the Clapton Unplugged Ooh. MTV. Thing. Oh, when he played Layla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and just being like a little closer. Yeah, to totally. I know it's probably, game, gonna, yeah. it's probably gonna fall off the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, man, yeah, like seeing that was a like a game changer. And I, I like that I, too. I don't like from that age. I don't remember anything vividly. 
but I, I remember like when I think about that or when I see that performance, it triggers something in me. Mm-hmm. That's like, man, that is cool. That's like, a really cool one. Yeah, that like, I want to do this, you know? Yeah. I, uh, do you remember who else was playing in that, in that? I think video? it was Steve Ferroni, right? It might've been. I think it was. It might've been. Um, Cause... and, uh, Andy Fairweatherlow, other guitarist. Okay. Which I think that album is some of the best, um, dual guitar kind of stuff I've ever heard. Cause you can't tell who's playing what at any given moment. Right. Because they listen so well right. to each other. It's just like perfectly seamless. Like they're in each other's you know, essence. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I haven't thought about I haven't thought about that performance in forever, but yeah, you're, so you're right. It's the like, whole it's, album. It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So good, yeah. It's one of the best I've ever. It, it like it has a special place for me. So like, if I ever hear it, then I have to like listen to the whole album. And I'm just like, right. oh man, like this is just <laughs> the <laughs> pinnacle of everything: the singing, the playing, the arrangements. Like it's just yeah. insane. Who I, else? Uh, Nathan East probably on bass on that. It's like okay, a normal kind of crew. It's funny, like I don't even I don't know yeah. much about his like Clapton's band or yeah, you know, well, it I changes know, all the time. Yeah, so. well, I know he was playing with Steve Gadd a bunch. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Gadd might have been on that too, but I, I remember I think it's Steve Ferroni though on that one. Yeah, because Gadd was doing was playing mostly around that time was playing mostly with like James Taylor. He was playing with a lot of people, but James Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still with James Taylor. Still with James Taylor. Yeah, I've seen that a couple of times. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah, right. man. Steve Gadd, like on, much on the drums, the band. <laughs> is just is just the dude. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I always gravitate. He's technically sound, but sure. he, he was one of those guys that I always gravitated to that yeah. could that you really like felt Absolutely. what he was playing, yeah. and it wasn't always like the he's mo- playing music. He's not playing drums. Incredibly uh, musical, but you know yeah. his whole thing with the, his paradiddle grooves For and sure. stuff like that were just his sound. Yeah. And then plus, and then when he did the uh played on asia oh, the, yeah, of course. Yeah, right. I mean, that, <laughs> that's that, a solo <laughs> yeah that's when you're just like yeah fuck that's yeah, yeah. gad yeah he's oh just, for sure he's yeah. just the shit um yeah. it's funny because you said your grandmother got you yeah. your first guitar i remember my dad <clears throat> we had we had an old acoustic guitar which actually sounded really good but the action on it was so high and i course, wanted to yeah, play yeah. electric that's guitar. classic yeah yeah right it was. I, it's, Everybody wants electric. Yeah, you know. and it's called an uh, an Aspen. I, I don't know. Nice. It's like you've ever. Yeah, mine was a Bentley. Uh, okay. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. And my dad said, "All right, if you learn three songs, yeah, I'll get you your own electric guitar." And you I went right to work. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I don't think I learned three songs on the guitar yeah. until like probably 15 years later oh, man. <laughs> yeah. but my parents got ended up yeah, getting yeah. me this a white um harmony yeah. uh, electric guitar like this tiny like rail thin totally yeah, bot, yeah. you know yeah, yeah very cheap electric guitar and it yeah. was like you know when you, when i got that it was like the best thing oh, ever. totally I, still, yeah. I couldn't play it you yeah. know was like, i had i was still had but it, it looks my, cool had it on <laughs> yeah. my lap and yeah. i'm playing it like a lap steel yeah, yeah, guitar totally. yeah yeah so fun that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's great. Um, but when did you, when did you start playing in bands? That's the that's the main. Oh man, when, I would when say when things like really start. Um, it's a good question. Um, like, did you have a height? Like, um, were you in a band in high school or anything? Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, not like an official band, um, but I played with so many of my friends that also played. I had good friends that started guitar around the same time that I did. Okay. Um, so we would jam together all the time. Like, Where did you go to high school? Uh, Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so right outside Philly. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, we would play together all the time because we all started playing around like the same year. Okay. And we were all good friends as it was, so it was amazing. We would go to each other's houses and jam and play. Um, then we had friends that started playing drums and bass and all that. So it sort of became... I don't know if we honestly I don't know if we ever had like a band per se, but it was all of us jammed together all the time, mm -hmm. you know, so basically we did, <laughs> you know, yeah. but we didn't do like performances or anything. We performed at like the high school a couple of times you okay. know, kind of thing. Um, and I think even earlier than that, I was playing at church. Mm. Um, so that was a big thing. But that was probably my first like opportunity to play with other people besides in like le lessons or something right did you play you um, play, so you play guitar at church yeah, too? yeah for sure yeah <clears throat> it's interesting because i never when i went to church when i was younger yeah. i never like i never heard of guitar and drums in a church oh yeah for sure group until yeah. until much later on it was always yeah, yeah. piano or organ yeah. and a choir and that was it yeah yeah totally yeah yeah, and then I date I dated a girl whose mm -hmm. father played in guitar in the church band. It was more of like a yeah. um, like a folk kind of vibe for sure. Yeah, which was that kind of like what you um, were doing, or is it different? Yeah, I think so. That was like sort of contemporary stuff, sort of folk. Okay. It was all like acoustic stuff. Okay, you cool. Know? Yeah, yeah, so that kind of vibe. Interesting. Um, to start, and then you know, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, was there was there like multiple singers that and were. Like, did you guys sing along while you were playing? Uh, we didn't sing, or I didn't. Okay. Um, some but of the there people was, did, but yeah, gotcha. they were they were singers for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, but so that's a great experience to go into because it's a, you know, it's not a performance environment. Mm -hmm. It's a service environment. So, right. like, you know, when, when you're when you're learning to play, it's not like, oh man, I have a gig, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah, kind yeah. of thing. It's like, you know, I'll just try this out and you know, right. learn and you know people will help me along kind of thing yeah um, which is fantastic such so. a different yeah because you yeah. know i think about going to play like a solo acoustic gig and you're like okay i gotta do this yeah and hopefully like, people like me yeah and, of course you know, it's yeah, not yeah. like that at yeah, all. Sure, <laughs> you're going yeah. and everyone's happy to see you happy yeah, of to, course, to, yeah. to sing along we're happy to hear you do your best <laughs> right <laughs> you know? right it's like we're just gonna try our best yeah it's a great way to learn for sure yeah i uh i mean i loved singing in the choir it's funny i was talking yeah. about this the other day i could see that for sure you're the you're the, oh, the harmony man so i i yeah. loved it so much i yeah. just had a, an opera singer on the podcast uh this past week oh, Elsa Dressig. she's french danish singer that's amazing yeah. and she's incredible she just yeah, came yeah. out with an album and um i was it, it made me think about all all like the classical lessons for that sure. i had and singing and like i got to sing for the pope at, at saint oh, Patrick's that's amazing Cathedral. yeah um it was just, uh, yeah. Is there something about that kind of music, like choral yeah. music, and and hearing like Absolutely. a bunch of full voices, like yep. alongside you and with mm -hmm. you, that vibration of it? It's just like it's this, energy, man. It's powerful. Yeah, it's there's crazy. like nothing yeah. like it. it for sure. Yeah, that and an so orchestra, cool. similar kind of thing. Yeah, and it's just big, you know. It's funny because when I when I was in elementary school, like yeah. I was so self conscious about being in. Everyone had to be in the chorus. Of course, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I always wanted to sing out. Yeah, yeah. But I never did because oh, I was yeah. just so like embarrassed by <laughs> yeah, it. You know, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to play. Uh, um, did you? Were you ever required to play anything in elementary school? Like, um, I don't think so. I always did like the general music thing. Okay. Which is like our third option. You know, like you're in band or choir or general music because okay. I like was learning guitar, so I'd be like, I'll do general music. You know, kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. Which was like a blend of 
some guitar actually like a little bit and like okay. a bunch of random stuff i don't even remember yeah we had to um, like pick, we had to like pick something like i picked yeah. trumpet the first time through yeah but then uh there was like a string teacher and they're like oh if you want to play you know violin yeah. or something and i was very curious like i wanted to do it and then totally. i brought a violin to school one yeah. day <laughs> and i got like merciless mercilessly made fun of oh geez. and i never did yeah it. Like, no yeah <laughs> Apparently this instrument isn't cool. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. It's so funny how when you're yeah. like small, you just you oh, know, yeah. of course you care about what everyone thinks. But oh, for sure, yeah. Um, but you know, so when did you uh did you get more serious about guitar when you went to college? What did you go to college for? I went to college for acoustical engineering and jazz guitar. Whoa. Um, so it's like a double major. Heart. Yeah. Yeah. It was, so there's a okay. lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I still don't know how I did it when I look back and think about like the schedule and everything. I was like, wow, geez. Yeah. I can't remember um, if we had had this conversation before. We might have, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Many hours in the bus. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, cause I, Mark went to, a lot of guys went to heart for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. in the, in, That's the, how I know in the Connecticut crew. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So acoustical engineering. Yeah. You have to explain acoustical engineering for, for yeah. someone that knows nothing about okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Because I, do you remember? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Because I know most of the things I did in college, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I couldn't do it <laughs> right now. That's for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It's um. So it's, it has nothing to do with like, you know, production studio work, which is funny because that's what I do now. It's but, funny because I always thought, I always thought that it did because. Yeah, of course. Well, it makes sense. Like the name of it implies that. Right. Somewhat. I'm going to um, do what every singer songwriter yeah. tells me to do that I always forget I'm going to turn off that snare drum. Oh, nice. I, yeah. keep, I keep hearing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you turn off that snare drum? <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. You sound great. Um, make sure you turn off the snare. Yeah, Thanks. totally. I wonder how many times that happens in like comedy clubs and stuff because there's always like a kit, you know, the person's talking in the mic and it's like... It's like, what the fuck is that? Is this someone's phone? Yeah. Yeah, so acoustical engineering is... It's a... It was actually a mechanical engineering degree, so mm -hmm. that separates it from like the music thing, where it's it's all about the design of uh, things like studios, concert halls, all that kind of stuff, the acoustics of a space, mm -hmm. all the way from that to like sonar. Um, if you went to work for the military, or hearing aids and ultrasound in like the medical fields. Oh wow! Anything involving sound waves and sound as a science. Hmm. Um, so super interesting stuff in a super deep and wide field. You know, it could go a lot of different directions. What, what makes like, cause you, you know, when you play in a band, you always think like, yeah. this room sounds amazing or yeah. this room sounds like shit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like what are the things that make a room sound good? I mean, tons of different factors. That's, I uh, need a list right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a list. Here's a list. Oh man. Like just, I, well, like what materials are, are, would be like ideal, the ideal well, you, you can think of a room as, you know, or different materials as being either reflective or absorptive. Okay. You know, so uh, hard, you know, if you're in a concrete room or like a gym or something, you know, we usually say those rooms sound bad because there's tons of reflections going on and the sound bouncing. is getting washed and like crazy. And if you think about a studio inside, it's super dead. Right. Because you don't want any of that. Right. I think, a you know, a nice room to perform in is sort of like a midway point of those where it's lively enough that the whole audience gets everything. It's right. not like directional because the room's so dead. But not ultra open where everything's yeah. getting washed out. Yeah, exactly. And then the bass response has a huge factor to do with that because bass is the hardest thing to control. You mm -hmm. know, the low frequencies. Mm -hmm. They resonate literally with the walls of a room and they can and, you know, that can make things crazy. Right. Um, 
so if the bass response of the room is good, you know, that helps a ton too. So gotcha. as you know, if you're on stage and like, you know, your kick drum and the bass and everything's just total woof. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a mess. It's you, awesome. know, you can't hear anything. It's perfect. You know? <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Love it. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's stages where like yeah. the subs are right under the stage oh, and sure, it yeah. feels incredible. Yeah. But singers hate it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it washes like... everything out behind it, but it does feel good. Feels they turn better. around. They're like, ah, oh, yeah. something's wrong. Everything's terrible. And then you turn, you're like, what? Yeah, you're this, like, yes. <laughs> this is incredible. This is the best thing ever. I've seen those things that some bass players stand on now. You seen that? No. They, they make like this square pad. Um, and you plug it into the subs and it just vibrates the pad when you play. Really? So bass players stand on it so they can feel the groove like in their feet. Dude. While they're playing. And I'm like, man, that looks pretty awesome. <laughs> I need to find out what that is yeah. because a lot of people are using them. That sounds it's pretty. Yeah. That sounds really great. For sure. Because I mean, the, the big thing with like playing in Carbon Leaf is, yeah, you know, yeah. the bass and drums play a play a a pretty big role in a lot of the songs and it's like you know i i always i want to pick out the bass um i like i like a little more treble yeah you like to hear it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, a little a little less boominess in the bass but it's that sweet spot between like being able to feel it yeah but also being able to pick it out and then also like how it blends with the kick drum and everything yeah yeah I'm, I'm I'm struggling with my sound a bit lately. The last couple of years yeah, yeah. with my kit, so I, I mean that can happen going into a new project. You know, yeah. writing stuff, coming up with new sounds. You know, that's yeah. You'll dive into a lot of that in like production and studio world, where it's you know getting the kick and the bass together is right. You know, <laughs> the majority of the battle sometimes it's, it's everything. Yeah. yeah, I've had so many so many projects where I'm like, you'll play a song live. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Does Atlas great? Do you guys? write and then perform songs right away and then and then record them um yeah we have for sure yeah i mean there's some that we have uh, that we're recording now that we've only performed like once or twice yeah um and there are some that we've never performed live but the far majority we write them we just start playing them right away yeah uh, you know we record it sometime yeah i always found that when we when when i did that in in past bands like or any any band really, if you're performing yeah. a song, like it was always so eye opening. It's like, wait, yeah. you're doing what? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, wait a second. I thought yeah. we were right on, and yeah. this sounds like dog shit. Yeah, totally. Get that board mix back, and you're like, hmm. You're like, whoa. There's yeah. a lot of weird kicks and a lot sure, of yeah. the bass not to get, but it's like the only way to really solve yeah. those things for know? sure. And that's the power of demoing stuff before recording too, right? You know, so you can nitpick like all those little things, and then know when you go in, you know what's yeah. going on do you um we're, we're all over the place do you yeah, yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> lead me <laughs> it's so funny because like doing it's it's you know it's odd sitting across from someone oh, i know right Same, now man. i feel it. yeah it's, it's like, like yeah. It's, it's like awesome though i feel great yeah I'm it's like, awesome yes. but um you know anyone listening like this is the first in-person yeah p- podcast in over two years. That's amazing. Two years. Well, I'm honored to be the first one. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, we've been trying to do it for a while. We have. Um, no, I mean it's 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 there's so many interesting aspects of music, and I didn't know that you did did the engineering aspect of it. Do you do do any of that now? Not at all? really. Yeah. You know, it's um, one of those things you went to school for. You don't use it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but the yeah. the good thing about it is like you know when something's wrong. You probably know like of course, how yeah. to. F- 
kind of how it, to fix oh, it, it. It helps a lot. And, yeah. you know, I've thought about this a lot over the years because of transitioning from just playing and performing to, to producing a lot and all that kind of stuff, which comes along with engineering and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, studio engineering, that is. Um, and uh, honestly, I think that side of me, like the tech side, is what made that a sort of natural transition. Yeah. Um, having that kind of background because, you know, I loved math. I okay. loved all that kind of stuff. I could do that all day. Really? Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's all that was basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I love the science, the tech stuff behind things. So it's it sort of, it, it taught me how to learn. Okay. It taught me how to problem solve very tough things, you know, at the time. So even though I don't remember how to do that stuff, it serves me pretty much every day, mm. you know, the experience and the learning um, because it's problem solving. Yeah, you know, figuring things out. So applies to anything, really. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the studio is. There's always something that always, always happens. a problem. Always something <laughs> yeah. that comes unplugged, or like course, you know, yeah, you yeah. can't control a frequency or yeah, yeah. whatever is is happening. Yeah, so it's been really helpful. You know, yeah. I feel like even though I don't tap into it directly at all. You do you do most of the engineering for for Atlas Gray? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you ever have an an engineer come in and work with you guys when you're working on a record? Um, well, this last record we did, um, we, we have our EP that was out a long, long time ago. That was Mark who did all that. Oh, all right. Um, and then uh, this last record, we had demoed it all out uh, in our basement, you know, classic. Yeah, classic. Um, and I ended up doing all that, which was like my first, you know, I'd been doing sessions like here and there at that point, but this was my first time of like diving into the full out kind of thing mm-hmm. you know and being like let me try this out so i got a couple mics and interface did the whole thing yeah um and demoed those out over a few years um and i grew to love that you know i was like this is fun i like doing this and yeah the demo process is super experimenting fun. and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> um and then when it came time to do the album you know we were considering all these different options producers engineers all the studios all that you know we were like why don't we just do this on our own and the guys were sort of like, could you do it? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, let's do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, took it on and went for it. And then uh, we did all the drums at Rob Griffith's house. Oh, nice. Um, so he engineered those. Great. Um, and then I did everything else. His, his um, I haven't been to his house in, in a while, but it's... Yeah. I, well, we I, rehearsed there for the Kellogg thing. That's the last time I was there. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah, last yeah. time. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, very cool space for sure yeah, yeah super definitely. cool like that is a drummer's dream yeah absolutely know? yeah yeah and it sounds really nice down there i'm sure it's gotten yeah. nothing but better yeah, since then definitely yeah um that's that's cool did rob play at all on it or um he did... played some percussion okay there. Cool. yeah for sure yeah just overdub kind of stuff yeah totally awesome um yeah rob man his his stuff always sounds good yeah, it always sure. sounds good on all the bronze records. And, yeah, yeah, and stuff. They like do that. that in studios, I believe. Right. Yeah, um, and it's interesting. Like your your or Atlas Gray's like um, instinct was to go into the studio, have an engineer, and stuff like that. I had always been afraid to take that. Oh, really? To, yeah, yeah. to like, I was That's like, the only I, thing we knew. I'm just gonna do know? it. I'm gonna do it all myself. It's yeah. gonna sound like garbage. I'm never gonna put it out, and then uh, move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> And now I've only yeah, yeah. I've only recently been like trying to um, put some stuff. I'll, I'll show you one of the tunes. Oh, I'd love been, to hear. Yeah, yeah, a few things I've been working on. But totally, yeah. Um, now I'm just like, you know what? I can't do everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna 
track some stuff and I'm just going to send it off to, yeah. to some people that I know sure. are, are really great. Like uh, our engineer, yeah. our front of house, Doug Ross. You know Doug? No, I haven't. That's right. Him. You never. Um, yeah. I got to come out and see you guys sometime. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's so yeah. fun. We play uh, Wolf's Den. And, um, awesome. Yeah, we've yeah. done FTC, the small the small spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's Connecticut's hard. It is. Connecticut's it's a very interesting place. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, you know, it's not New York. You know, people, our bigger market is New York and, yeah, and Boston sure. and stuff. and Right in between. Places like Providence and, yeah. and Connecticut are just. It's weird. I feel like it has so much potential. Yeah. Um, especially on a tour route, just logistically. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's going to play New York and Boston, so why not add another stop in between? It's only right. two hours away. Right. I mean, it's amazing. And they have, um, and there's great rooms. Like, we play... Fantastic rooms. Um, FTC's amazing. Infinity Hall's amazing. Yep. Um, there's tons. I saw... Um, were you at the show? Were you at the Gregory Allen Isaacoff show? No, no it was I Rob. Wasn't, yeah. Um, yeah, I saw Gregory Allen Isaacoff at Infinity Hall, and yeah. that was the first time I'd ever been there. And it's amazing, right? It was great. Yeah, totally. it was. It was great. I never even knew it existed, yeah. so... I mean, I also don't get out very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, when you're playing shows all the time, yeah. you're probably not going to a lot of shows. That's that's about it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. I think with Connecticut, um, it's extremely strong in like the more jam band kind of scene. Okay. Um, extremely strong. What um, jam bands did any uh, like the more big funk come out? kind of okay. jam kind of stuff? Um, West End Blend out of Hartford, you know, good friends of ours. They're doing amazing things. Turquoise kind of guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, not anymore. Yeah, but yes, um, Craig and them, awesome. You Mm -hmm. know, down in Southern Connecticut, they have a lot of that too. So that scene is very strong. Yeah. Um, But like the the scene of, you know, songs and bands like us, you know, different kind of vibe is, you know, it's there, but, you know, definitely there's a lot of potential there, I feel like. Yeah. Where do you guys feel like your your main market is, like where where people really connect with you guys? Um, I mean, I guess hometown around Hartford for sure, depending yeah. on where we play. It's very picky based on the venue, which right. is interesting. Um, but our our other biggest scene is Philly. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So we love playing there as well. Philly's awesome. It is. Philly sure. is, is... Passionate place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. For whenever, sure. Whenever we play Philly, it's like, did yeah. you see those drunk people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, the stories are endless there. Yeah, it's insane. insane, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So the la- so the new record, mm-hmm. which is which is you know big, yeah. big deal for you guys for sure. Yeah, are you guys? Um, when did it come out? Um, October of last year. Okay, so not the greatest timing, but you know we finished it three years ago. <laughs> right. Um, we set up everything behind you know the business side, got it all ready to launch because um, we had taken a while to do it, so we wanted to have it all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obvious things happen. <laughs> the pandemic happened. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, yeah. Um, so that delayed it another couple of years, you know. Um, so we we were sitting on it for a while. It felt really good to get it out, even though you know technically we could have waited longer because we we were going to start pushing with shows and all that. And must then, be frustrating to had to hang on to it for that long. I mean, it was at first, mm-hmm. but then afterwards, it's just sort of you know everybody's in the same boat, mm-hmm. so. I honestly don't feel any frustration anymore because it's just, you know, um, we were just happy to get it out. And, you know, in today's world, you know, the the rate of music that's being released and the rate of, you know, um, (laughs) versus the rate of shows, (laughs) you know, which is very, very small. um, Everything's still new. So even though it's been out since October, the first time someone hears it, it's the first time to hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I don't feel weird about that at all. You know, we'll, right. we'll push it. We'll gig behind it and all that stuff when we can. And uh, yeah, that's fine. Fair. You know, I mean, people discover stuff for years, you know, so it's sort of like, you know, we got it out there. It feels good. And then, you know, we're working on other stuff. So that's true. It's like the the whole, you know, write, record, release. It doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be like the way like yeah, like like you sure. said it, people discover things kind of in their own time like, absolutely yeah. i'm still you know i haven't really discovered all of the rolling stones catalog yeah of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been out it's, it's <laughs> yeah, been out for totally, yeah. quite some time yeah yeah um but i mean it's, it's just interesting because yeah. i know that people will come out with songs and then things will end up on a, like a, a Spotify playlist of course, yeah. or something. And then months later, sometimes months yeah. later, or years later, and then it'll yeah. blow up. Absolutely. It'll be in this like crazy rotation. Yep. And, and you know, before you know it, you have a million yeah. streams or something like that. If you have a great song. So yeah, that's I, so I, true. People don't think of that. Yeah. And I think in, in, unless you're on like a major label and you're putting billboards up and you're, you know, doing this whole push for a gigantic arena tour. Right it doesn't even really matter anymore in my yeah. opinion you know it's like put it out go play do your thing and build and build and build the greatest ro- you know? rollout for an album lately yeah you know what i'm going to say oh yeah sob yeah. rock of course yeah it, i i got the postcard in the mail yeah with like the questionnaire and like all that stuff i never got i i didn't get it that it had like a trivia thing oh my god about like the album and about john mayer and about like all this stuff and it like you could fill it out. <laughs> it was insane. I was just like, I've never seen promotion like this. I've it's never incredible. seen it. It was, yeah. it was everywhere for so long. Yep. And there was such good, I mean, there's a lot of really great songs of course, on that yeah. album. But the the rollout of it, the whole the whole 80s vibe, because yeah, yeah. the the way that the promotion looks yeah. isn't necessarily, like it's, I wouldn't call it like an 80s sounding no. album 100%. It's, no, it's yeah. just, you know, that's the the... The aesthetic what he was they going chose. for. Yeah, yeah. But when he came out like video after video and yeah. they were all really good and kind of funny. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, they embraced it fully. He had yeah. that. Then he had the new guitars. Yep. Yeah, the yeah. new colors of his new guitars. Maybe these last couple of years they had all the time to just plan Dude. this out and get it perfect, you know. I mean, he is yeah. Like that career is is unbelievable absolutely like the time span of his career and how relevant i mean this i am such a john mayer fanboy it's it's not even it's like kind of weird it's incredible though yeah it's 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 unbelievable but it's it's the best of all the worlds that a lot of us appreciate and enjoy yeah um the musicianship combined with the the pop sensibilities and everything yeah i like both i love pop music yeah but i also like jazz and i like you know um, great playing. Yeah, you, know, you sort of get the get all of it in that package. It's awesome. Jazz. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you uh, did you guys do anything in particular that was different on the rollout for for the album? Like what what would you you know did you have any different ideas that you're like all right you know pan- we have a pandemic here maybe we should try something like interesting like um, was what was the honestly not really (laughs) um we just uh we had so many ideas uh initially and then things just kept evolving yeah we we had an idea to do a video for one of the songs which we actually sort of did and we might release it later because i think it would still be relevant in some ways um where it involved people on zoom okay because everybody could relate to that at the time Mm -hmm. but then things got pushed back another six months and we're opening up and it was like well this is no longer cool right 
so it just kept like snowballing you know yeah to the point where we're like you know let's just put this album out <laughs> then, <laughs> you know? then, then zoom became cool again. exactly and now it's back so <laughs> yeah it's fucking crazy. um but yeah so so we just we just put it out you know nice um yeah it's great good. i um yeah i we we went through the same kind of deal where yeah. we came out we did one of our songs via zoom just like everybody else and mm-hmm. and then uh we thought about doing another one and we, nobody could nobody was like getting behind it because yeah, of that yeah. frustration oh, like course, we yeah. don't want to do it like this yeah anymore. everyone's in front of the computer all day yeah know? we were getting together anyway you know as a band because sure. we had shows yeah we were still we kept yeah the majority of our the only shows that we canceled mm-hmm. actually i shouldn't say that because we canceled almost all of 2020 yeah. um other than the shows that we were doing in march like our yeah, yeah. you know we were on tour when everything got shut down but yeah yeah so frustrating man do you have uh what do you have for shows coming up um we have a couple in the books but we're sort of taking the downtime to record some more oh all right um, yeah so do you have a plan for what you guys want to when you want to come out with the next thing um, or just writing recording yeah we're just writing recording yeah. well when we had when we went in to record this album we actually had to you know whittle stuff down a little bit we had enough for almost two full albums because it wow. had been so long how many um, albums do you guys have just this one as a full length and then the ep oh wow so this is our you know this is sort of like a debut for us yeah you know, the first full length it's really our sound and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff um so it's sort of like the beginning honestly yeah um and then, you know, we have a whole bunch of other tunes. Uh, so we just have been, you know, working on those, chipping away. Yeah. Um, but you guys have been you guys have been playing for so long. Yeah, a long time, for sure. How long have you guys been a band? Because um, I remember... More than 10 years. Yeah, I remember yeah. playing in, in New York City Oh yeah, with Dan at yeah. Local 269. That was our first New York gig ever. Really? It was. What yeah. a great spot. My car got broken into outside of that Whoa. venue while we were loading in to play with you guys. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I had no. Uh, get a little closer. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, um, we, we got we got away easy on that one though. So uh, I literally brought you know a couple things into the venue, turn around, walk outside, and my windows were smashed. Oh my god! They smashed your windows in broad daylight. It was like three p.m. <sighs> right in front of the place while we're loading in, just walking back and forth. That's crazy because it was like Houston Street. It's not really. Yeah. It's not a rough. It's area. really crazy. Um, but the funny thing was they stole um, one of our members at the time his uh, like a backpack that had a pair of jeans and like a bus ticket in it, and that was it. <laughs> But that was underneath my guitar. So they moved my guitar they out of the way and took the backpack. Whoa. And I was like, man, it was sort of crazy. What guitar was it? Uh, my acoustic, my Taylor. Okay. Yeah. Man. Damn, that's so crazy. Yeah. I have, uh, I had such good times at that at that place. That I, was the only time we ever played there. So, yeah. Yeah. Well. That was fun, though. Then you guys sure. didn't have a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure which which night that was. I think. I think it was the night where like I didn't something like spilled on my t-shirt or something and, oh, really? I, and Adam and I had to walk down the street <laughs> to American Apparel and I got another Get t-shirt another shirt. and yeah, it yeah. was so tight oh. <laughs> and it looked and it was like orange That's all they have. I was wearing an orange way too tight v-neck that's amazing with like a light wash jean yes and brown shoes i looked 
<laughs> so stupid. And I had my like afro at yeah, the time. That's fantastic. It was such a bad look. And <laughs> gotta do what uh, you gotta do. I remember Adam telling me that I I was like, you need to get some dark jeans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, was like, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. I need to talk to you. And I did it like the yeah. next day. Did we grease up our shirts in Austin when we got those Rubens? I think I remember that. Oh, probably. Yeah, and it was like last minute. Like, oh no, I can't wear this out there. Oh, you, <laughs> you mean know? Easy Tiger, the best yeah. Ruben I have ever had? Best I've ever had. Ever time. had in my I'm entire glad life. you're confirming this because I've told so many people yeah. that was the best Ruben I've ever had. That was one... Now it's confirmed. You've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard it here. That was 100% the greatest and it was a surprise too oh ridiculous and we couldn't have e- eaten it at a worse time i know yeah right before a show the second before it we, was yeah. it was so and we good. walked so far to get it <laughs> i had i had every intention to to start eating it yeah yeah and and not finish it because you know we're playing oh but it was too good great show it was great fresh. venue you know yeah yeah um it was one of the first I can't remember. It's it was like this, early on in, in the tour. I think it was the second one down in Texas. We did like a couple up here in New England. Okay. And then we went down there and picked up. That's right. Because we actually started in Providence. I yeah, remember that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, oh my God. That, that, that was insane. That I, I so need to have that Reuben again. I actually was thinking about that place and that Reuben when I played yeah. Austin this past, this past, uh, was it in the fall? Yeah. And, it like it was too far away yeah it was way too far away but if it was we were there earlier too far for us too but we made it yeah happen, we, made, you know? we made it happen i remember sitting in that dressing room which was a beautiful dressing room oh yeah playing like a little guitar and then there was the mirrors all over it was like one of those classic yeah, you know yeah, yeah. uh dressing rooms with mirrors everywhere with the lights the on you know and uh just eating that thing, just Man. just knowing in my brain that it was the worst thing I could possibly be doing. Yeah. And the best flavor I've ever experienced. Yeah. I remember Steven coming in and be like, you guys good? <laughs> you know, like, sure, you're going to be good. So <laughs> we're like, oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. So funny. <laughs> and you filmed that. You, I remember the, you had set up the GoPro for that show behind us. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah, about so that. Yeah. So you had like the wide fish angle, yep. fish angle, fish eye lens yep. angle. Of I forgot the, about that. Yeah. I have to yeah. dig that up. Catching yeah. us falling asleep in between. Something. Oh my god! I, 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 I'm pretty that was a sure. Heavy sandwich. I'm pretty sure I turned around to look at the camera and went. <sighs> yeah, I just like took, just took, like, took a yeah. deep breath. <laughs> 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 it's just like it was worth it. It was make, worth it. Make it through. Yeah, Be exactly. strong. <laughs> uh, please don't don't sweat grease. Oh, um, so good. Shout out Easy Tiger. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun tour. The the tracksuit tour. That was a blast for sure. <laughs> um. The, the story that Steven would tell, um, I, I can't remember if he t- told it during shows or, or if he, if the he, truck stop. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. It, it wasn't the, it wasn't a truck stop. It was, it was in Rawling, uh, Wyoming, uh, Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Because Rawling is actually where I had been stuck there mm-hmm. with Steven, uh, once before. And okay. I actually got stuck there with carbon leaf. So oh, Rawling, wow. so you know this place, I know Rawling very yeah, yeah. well. Um, one time it was a windstorm, which was like r- really scary. It yeah. w- when we finally got on the road, we saw like eight sixteen or uh, eight eighteen wheelers just like blown over on the side of the road. A couple cows fly by. It was crazy. That's insane. I had never I had never experienced anything like that. And it was the first yeah, time. Seen that, huh? It was the first time I had dr- uh, um, driven by and really noticed all like the wind fences, like oh, all yeah. the wooden. Like you notice, they're just out in, just in to break fields, the wind, just to break the wind against the highway. Wow. 
And uh, yeah, and that that time that we all went there wearing wearing. You have to set up the story here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this this place is in Wyoming and really, really uh, podunk town. And there's, I think, one restaurant there and we found it. Went to it. (laughs) And um, we're very hungry, very hungry. And what Stephen likes to do is he, he at the beginning of the tour, which which is really, really nice and 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 very sweet, is he uh, makes either a sweatshirt or, or a jacket, like some matching yeah. piece of clothing yeah. with, with our names on it or our nicknames or whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, and we were all wearing them. So it was you, me, yeah. uh, shady, Steven was quack with us at the time. Uh, probably. I think so. Yeah, I would think yeah. so. And, and that was it. Mahoney wasn't there. Mahoney. I feel like, we could find yeah, a Mah- picture. Mahoney I know must a, have been there. I know there's a group shot of us at that restaurant on Instagram somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, gotta yeah. Be, yeah, with with a bunch of yeah. people like looking over. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, I remember like walking, like opening up the door, you know, there should have been a record scratch oh, or man, record yeah. stopping. Silence. Like, yeah. People playing pool just like <laughs> yeah, just stop, stop mid shot <laughs> and then just like look over. <laughs> just like the cue ball just rolling. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That was. Oh, man, uh, that was. But but then you know us re- reacting to that and not being able to control laughter. You oh know, my God. She ends the menus out, and the second she walks away, we're all just like, like, oh, like <laughs> a bunch of idiots. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, didn't she ask if we were in a bowling team? I think yeah. she asked that yeah. right. The, the think, waitress. Yeah. I think so. Now, what are you guys on a bowling team or something? <laughs> yeah. What are you guys all doing here? Like we got. <laughs> Any other place, yeah. no one would have said shit. Yeah, no one would have noticed. No one would have noticed. That was like, that's weird. It's absolutely incredible. But they were like, they have to, they have to call you out. Yep. Which is which is great. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Honesty. Um, <laughs> that was so fun. I remember. I remember sitting down immediately taking mine off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Like, I won't subject myself. It's to like, this. listen, <laughs> I know. I know we're all supposed to be in this together, yeah. but I, I can't do it right I now. I can't do it. Can't hang. I just want to eat these horrible chicken fingers and get the yeah. fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. a fun. That was a fun. That was a blast tour. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you played, um, what else did we play? We played, I remember we had some good show. We played in Denver. Yeah. That was two nights in Denver. That was fun. Yeah. It's always, that, oh, that's because that's when Quack joined us. Uh, he joined us in Portland, I think. In Portland. That oh, was, that's right, because that's that where was a lived. rough experience with the the sound engineer there. Remember that? I don't remember that. Oh, it was like a. Where do we play in Portland? I don't remember. Shit, I don't know. The, remember the names of pretty much any of the venues. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? I am remember. It was that like upstairs place. Yeah, upstairs for yeah, sure. Yeah, because the last time I yeah. I had played in Portland with with Kellogg, it was uh, mm-hmm. it was at Mississippi Studios, and then yeah, we played that place. Yeah, was Genevieve. Genevieve was there. I think so. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. That's right. Um, what happened with the sound with the sound guy? I can't remember. Um, that. He wasn't appreciative that we had our own engineer, and it was Quack's first one with us. Oh. You know how that goes, and you know, so he came in, introduced himself super kindly as he does, the yeah. ultimate professional, and uh, Quack. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the 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 house engineer was not thrilled. Um, oh, wow. He had some words with them, and I remember him yelling, and then he left. He just stormed off and left the venue. The the house guy? Yeah. I don't so re- Quack had to figure out all the routing and everything himself oh, there shit. because the guy just left 
Well, if anybody's going to do it, it's Quack. Of course, yeah. So no worries there, but you know, it was a, it was a, it was a bummer to. <laughs> Dude, to I see. I completely missed. That was where that uh, Kellogg's. Um, that was a rough night because that happened to start things off, and then that was where the two people in the audience stole Stephen's mugs off the stage. Oh yeah. It's all in one night. Dude, people are, people are <laughs> it's an interesting savages, night. man. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. People are savages. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because people will go and grab grab like set lists and stuff like Guitar that. Guitar picks all the you're time. Gonna grab a, you're going to grab mugs? Yeah. Like, that was crazy. They were initialed. Yeah. You That's know? right. You had the S, S and yeah. We had um, to buy more picks throughout that run because people were taking my, all my picks off my amp. Really? I, like, ran out of guitar picks. <laughs> it's like, I actually need I missed, these. <laughs> I missed all of this. Yeah. I was not paying attention. Yeah, all good. That's so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to remember some other, other things about that that run because it was... That was fun. We uh, ate all the Mexican food that we could. Oh, and we went to Colorado Rockies game. Yes. That, that was, was a blast. That was the best. For sure. That was awesome. Yep. <laughs> I, have a, I have a picture in my... Uh, yeah. In my um, my phone of a guy sleeping during the game, I was like, "Man, oh, yeah. this weed really hits hard at the oh, Rockies game." Oh yeah, I forgot games. about that. The guy was just <laughs> just passed out. Everyone was so sleepy in yeah. that stadium, and we were going. You know, I get crazy at baseball yeah, games. You know, I'm just have you to... completed your mission of getting all the no, hats? No, 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 not not even close. Okay, I think yeah. I think that might have been that might have been the last the last one. Oh wow, yeah. yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I go to yeah. Fenway quite a bit, but totally, yeah. Um, I really want to go. I haven't been to a game in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. I've been to a bunch of those. I used to go yeah. with my dad all the time growing up because that's not yeah. that far from Philly. And yeah. Inner Harbor is fun. It's yeah. an awesome place. And it's, so and we it's would a go great eat, spot. go to a game, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. we, I mean, we play at Baltimore Soundstage, which is like right down the street from oh, it. Oh, nice. So I'm Camden trying. Yards. Yeah. yeah. I love, I, my, my brother used to go down and, you know, get a, a bus ticket. And, a, oh, nice. and, you know, they would, they would set up. Uh, packages for Red Sox games because wow. so many Red Sox fans will, will go there. Travel, and, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, and it's the same with like going to see a Tampa Bay Rays game. Yeah, yeah. Because it's mostly like Red Sox fans that are retired That's that awesome. live in Florida yeah. now. And, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he he went down there a bunch. I'd like to go there. Cal Ripken era. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wrigley was like one of my favorites. Oh, I bet. It reminded I'd love me. to go Fenway's there. still my favorite, but Wrigley yeah. was, had that same charm to it. For sure. The bigger stadiums, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but Philly was my least favorite. Oh, yeah. Did you go to the vet, like, <laughs> back in the day? Or the, no, no, this was... new one? So, Jen and I were on a, were on a trip. Yeah. Um, we, we went to Philly, just, mm-hmm. you know, on vacation, just checking yeah. it out. We went to go visit uh, our friends, and we did the Rocky Steps and all that, and we went to a Phillies game. Mm-hmm. And man, it was it, the Philly fans are are yeah. passionate. Oh, it's it's another breed. It yeah, is, uh, and they drink a lot. They do, they <laughs> and they want to. They, they do everything, and they want to fight. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> they want to fight. It's at every sport event. It's just it's yeah. You have to be very aware when yeah. you're at those games. You know, yeah. aware of your surroundings. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, so so you make it out okay. Yeah, it's those... fun. I mean, there's definitely an element of fun to that when the people there are so lit up about. Oh yeah, know, what's going on? Yeah. You know, it's, there's very few people that you see that are there just to like hang. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's pretty engaged, which makes it epic. But you definitely have to be aware. And that's you know? not a normal thing in a stadium yeah, that sure. big. Yeah. So like, 
the the one thing I notice about stadiums that big is that is that there is not as much of a connection to the game. Yeah. You know, you well, can, there's so many things going on. There's like restaurants. There's like all yeah. sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. So like I feel like a good percentage of the people and the big ones are literally there for the hang. Oh, yeah. You know, if sure. you have eight people who go, maybe three of them are there that are hardcore fans. And for sure. Everybody else is just hanging out, you know. Yeah. And I've noticed that more and more at Fenway. Really? You yeah. know, when, once they started winning a lot. Yeah. Then, then you know they call them the the pink hat fans, where yeah. where they're just you just come and and hang out. It's a lot of like, you know the 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 seats around the you know in the grandstand that yeah. were the the best seats, like right behind home plate, right yeah. you know behind the dugouts. They've become so outrageously expensive because yeah. they're all bought up by corporate, of course, yeah, you know, and, and they take their clients and stuff. So you show up and. And uh, my brother and I yeah. would go to the Marathon Monday game every year. Okay, yeah. we haven't been in in a few a uh, few years now, mm-hmm. um, but we would always splurge and yeah. get the, get the seats, nice seats. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, like five rows back, four yeah, yeah. rows back, right next to the to the first base, the Red Sox totally, dugout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every year, it would there would be more and more button up shirts. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More and more checkered button up shirts yeah, yeah, tucked totally. in, you yeah. know, on their phone. On yeah, looking yeah. not paying attention to the game, just yeah, talking yeah. to their clients or whoever they brought sure. to the game. And one year, I almost got kicked out of my seat because I was like you're a real fan. I was com- I was complaining. Oh yeah. I was like being like, yeah. It's like this guy didn't notice, yeah. but it was sick. <laughs> and I kept amazing. I kept like should have gotten on the jumbotron. Yeah. Yeah. I kept like shitting on the guy, the people in front of me that weren't paying attention, weren't there to see the yeah, game. Yeah. And I was like, fuck these guys. They don't deserve these seats. <laughs> you know. It was just I, I hate that shit. Man, that's a common thing. You know, concerts too. A lot of times the big shows, the arena stuff, like the first 20 rows are all, you know, corporate bought out. And it seems like a lot of people don't even want to be there. Yeah. Interesting. And it's it's just like, man, for the performer, I imagine in a place that big, Mm -hmm. those are the only people you feel like you're really interacting with. And if they seem not enthusiastic, it would be sort of a bummer. Oh, yeah. You know, especially when the whole rest of the place is into it, you know. Dude, there is nothing Um, there is nothing worse than... um, there's nothing worse than than having like a bunch of chatty Cathy's in in the front five rows that are just completely not paying attention or on their phones or doing something. One we like, saw Stephen handle that oh my quite God. a few times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in an artful way. <laughs> yeah, and and I have been in bands, you know, with I I've played with you know many different people that totally. handle that situation in in many different ways. Yeah. Um. I don't always love being in that situation because it, it's an uncomfortable situation. It, sure. it, oh, it can be can a very be, yeah, uncomfortable yeah. situation. And I, I think it's more comfortable for the person that's doing it, that's handling it. For sure. Because they're confronting it. They're, they're, doing, just, yeah. they're, they're in it. Of course, yeah. And when you're, on the, when you're not in it. Yeah, you don't know which side. Yeah, you, know, like, you feel you like, just, like uh, oh. Sit here, do I look away? <laughs> I need, should I just crawl back inside my body? You know, something Ba-dum-tsh. like that. Yeah. <laughs> That would be a good idea. It's like, sir, you're a joke. Um, yeah. Uh, would you like that other that other Guinness? Sure. Let me Thank open you. it up for you. Um, yeah, that's a. I can do that. I got you. I got you. I was a bartender. Okay. Oh yeah, it. that's true. I can do it. Um, what's your favorite way you've seen that handled? Favorite could be the best way or the funniest way. 
I, <laughs> I, which I have stolen. I really love, this is a different situation. This is when like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe people aren't paying attention and the, the yeah. applause hasn't been as, wasn't you, as sir. robust after a song, mm-hmm. uh, as it probably should have been. Uh, but I love it when Steven would say, thank you both. Yes. <laughs> fantastic that yeah that <laughs> was that's like my favorite thing that so he does good. it's so good that's smooth um, yeah and i don't know i feel like that way of doing it when it has such humor in it it does two things it sometimes gets the attention of the people that you know he's addressing yeah but that also is so endearing to the people that yeah. are paying attention right you and know that it's it's awesome and also there's people around those people that are frustrated and not For sure. having a good time and i think it it it, it eases the tension in the room maybe yeah. is like oh shit i'm sorry because yeah. a lot of times mm-hmm. so this is going to lead into a story that is the complete antithesis of this yeah. but um a lot of times the person that's talking yeah is there to see to see the person they love that artist yeah, and like yeah. they lose themselves and they for, they don't realize how loud they're being of course, yeah. and and how they're affecting people around them it's not an excuse but it's yeah, like yeah. i i have a really good friend and actually the first time i ever saw kellogg mm-hmm. uh, was in was in boston at the sinclair and yeah. and my friend who was a huge is a huge Stephen Kellogg fan was at the show, was standing in front of me. Yeah. And some, you know, I, I think he was playing Thanksgiving or something like that. And they were saying, um, the girl that she was with, they were just yelling at each other, saying, yeah. like, oh my God, all the feels, all the feels. Yeah. And they're doing so this. So they're stuff. complimenting, but they're, they're complimenting, yelling. They're yeah, complimenting, but they're, they're lit, like literally yeah. screaming yeah, at course. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Which you could do in an arena. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. And it's those one yeah. things where one of those things where it's like you're with your friend, but you're so embarrassed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally, you're like, yeah. please stop, please stop. Yeah, yeah, totally. please stop. <laughs> yeah, man, I agree, but you know, like we'll yeah. talk about it later. It's like, settle, <laughs> settle down. Yeah, for the um, car ride home. Yeah. <laughs> Boston's always a chatty cr- crowd though. Sorry, no, Boston. I bet. But I love yeah. you, Boston, but you're you're loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like to talk about your chatter Passionate and your beans and well. stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um but there was a time it was at that Gregory Allen Isaacoff show mm-hmm. when I went uh I went oh my god, like Steven is in this whole episode. He should yeah, be yeah. here. Yeah, he should be. <laughs> um so I was it was Steven, his wife uh, uh, Rob and Laura mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Genevieve and I, and we all went. We're probably like, you know, mid midway, but kind of like in the back of the room. Yeah, yeah. Just enjoying it. Gregory is fucking awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. And As you met know. him when we were in yeah. Colorado. Colorado, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, such a great show. Yeah. Uh, Stephen took off. A little bit early and then it was just me and Rob but there was these guys that were mm-hmm. standing literally like next to us or right in front I can't remember exactly where they were but there were these older guys yeah. and they were having a conversation about anything but music or yeah. where they were so loud right next to them it was at the point where I was looking at I was getting so mad yeah. I, I was getting like really mad like starting to want like to be aggressive mad yeah and then people all around them kept looking at them and no one wanted to say anything yeah <laughs> I, yeah I, you're just like i'm saying i it. look at <laughs> rob and like i was like all right rob's here i know rob's got my back yeah so i'm gonna start some shit <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, here we go. so i go up to this guy 
and I get real close, like lean into his shoulder. Yeah. I'm like, can you guys shut the fuck up? Oh, man. <laughs> and he's like, looks at me. He was like, if you want to hear it, go home and listen to the CD. I was like, you think that's how this works? And and Rob chimed around. It, he had, oh, you know, he had my back. And yeah. then everyone around that wanted to say something goes, "You're yeah. a fucking asshole." You're, uh, you, know? <laughs> you just started the flood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it became and yeah, it yeah. was a complete shit show after that. And then Man. these guys like, it, they, yeah, it was yeah. a very uncomfortable. Moved to the back slowly. No, no, no. no? They stayed and oh, wow. and they were we were like talking shit to each other under our breath this was in boston the whole time no this was in connect at oh, infinity wow. hall oh infinity wow yeah that's a weird place that happened was it the infinity yeah. hartford location oh or up in norfolk like up in the woods hartford hartford okay hartford cool. yeah yeah awesome because i didn't realize there was a second a yeah. second location. well, well the, the hartford one is the newer location is it the, the really you know enchanting like charming venue is the one up in norfolk it's incredible so it's super old room um beautiful acoustics there speaking of which it sounds incredible in that space so is there like a restaurant attached to yes it? Mm-hmm. i played there awesome i played there yeah, yeah. i i couldn't remember because yeah. actually when 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 i played there with uh with uh, carbon leaf there was yeah. there was a huge snowstorm yeah, and classic like, for that. Like seven people showed up because yeah, yeah. of how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. And I remember because I drove, I drove separately because it was you know relatively close yeah. to here. You know, it's not be like for, two and a half, three hours. Yeah, 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 yeah that's totally. about right. And, yeah. and uh, for gig distance, that's close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was just it was bad, man. That the snow was bad. It gets bad up there for sure. Yeah, it's all it, back roads too. Right. So big hills. Yeah, it was brutal, and we have we have a a vehicle that is not. Oh great, yeah, great for that. It's a it's a bus basically. Oh yeah, so yeah. it's it, it wasn't great. Got to take it take it slow in that one. Yeah, so we, I mean we showed up and it was seven people. Yeah, and we played you know we played for them you know totally. Yeah. It's better yeah. it's better when there's seven people that like yep. stick it out for a snowstorm oh, for sure. rather than you know not being able to show up. We've had that a couple of times with crazy. We drove to Maine in a blizzard one time, mm-hmm. opening for Albert Lee, and it was we were like nobody's gonna come to this. Like I can't. It took. To get, I think it was out, just outside Portland, okay. which from us is like three hours, something like that. Mm-hmm. It took like six, maybe seven to get there because we were driving like 20 miles an hour the whole time yeah. in a blizzard. Yeah. And we're, you know, thinking the whole time that this is like crazy. It's like, this is a bad idea. People in Maine did not care. The oh, place no. was slammed. I think it was sold out <laughs> and everybody showed up and they were all in like their winter gear. They all were like, I walked here because I couldn't get my car out. Yeah. And it was just like this is incredible party, you know. Yeah, they just they brought it, and it was it was fantastic. It's a whole it's a whole different vibe up there, man. For sure. Even even just in Portland, like yeah. you know, pretty snow much, does not stop them. It doesn't stop them. They want it. Yeah, they want Definitely, that. Yeah. I remember bartending in in Brighton, like yeah. during a snowstorm. It, mm-hmm. it was like blizzard like, conditions we, everyone's clo- there. we closed the bar early, but everybody in the town was there. Yeah. It was packed, and we we're like, all right, we all need to get home. They're so like, Why? <laughs> and so we closed our bar, bar down early. There was mm-hmm. nobody on the streets. The streets were completely covered. And if you walk down the, the hill a little bit from yeah. Brighton Center and go into uh, Cleveland Circle, mm-hmm. there's another bar. There's a late night bar called The Last Drop that we spent every night after <laughs> after yeah. our thing. And they were still open. Every, it was incredible. It was a, an incredible scene because you're in Brighton. Yeah. You're in a city. Yeah, totally. And. The whole town is with you, just 
walking yeah. right in the middle of the road down the yeah. street. Everyone's like throwing snowballs at each That's other. That's the cool thing about the the northern cities that embrace the weather like yeah. that. Well, they're used to it. They're equipped for it too. Right. Um, right. But it's awesome. It's just a different vibe. You know, it doesn't yeah. dim anything. You like, know? like my aunt and uncle whose house this is, they have yeah. another spot up in up in like the sticks in Maine. That's like, amazing. Yeah. In the middle of Maine. And, and they want they want to be bit like yeah, you know, yeah. buried in snow up there. It's you know that, sounds, they, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to get they, a lot of snow. They want to be snowed in. Yeah, yeah, that's, totally. That's the better way to put that's it. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty um it's pretty nice. I mean it's a it's yeah. it's I mean it's a beauty of traveling is you get to see all these things. You know, it's it's easy. You grow up in a place and you get accustomed to the way those things go. Mm-hmm. But then you go on tour, you travel and it's like, wow, you know the heat in the Southwest does not bother anybody. Right. You know, they're totally cool with it wearing jeans and like a jean jacket. And it's like yep. in Arizona, you know? Yeah. Um, and then likewise, the people in Maine or Canada, even, you know, it's the snow doesn't stop them at all. It's yeah. Awesome. The perspective. Yeah. And it, and it totally. creates a different kind of person too. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, for sure. That, that's the one thing that amazed me, especially, especially yeah. this past fall when mm-hmm. we were touring around the country during COVID. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Like, you could really sense that when you were in a a place that had like a more tight knit community, yeah, it, people came out. Yeah, people came out like and regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah it didn't matter. Awesome. Like we were in Ocean Beach, um, yeah. in uh, in San Diego, and packed house. Yeah. You know, people that we've seen. You know, it, it's totally. you know, you're in California. Obviously, there's you know millions yeah. of people, but for sure, yeah. it, it's more. It's a beach town. People yeah. come out. They don't give a fuck. You yeah, know? yeah, totally. But and then you go to like Berkeley, California. Oh yeah, where it's all collegey. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my first experience with with every place I went. You had to show your vaccination yeah. status and stuff, and people they took it very seriously up there that was about the only place that anyone took it really seriously you go and then you see you know it's just everybody's different in every single place it's it's incredible it's a blast it's incredible you know i just love that aspect of traveling it's it's just it's always an adventure Mm -hmm. because of the people let alone the place yeah just learning like the way they live and yeah it's awesome i always tell people like when 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 I see people like dug in on on issues and stuff in on, travel. on Facebook or, or or anything like that, I'm like, yeah. man, these people haven't haven't gone anywhere. Yeah, they haven't traveled. It's like you need to get you need to get out and and yeah. and, and just take a step back. <laughs> it changes your entire view, especially if you go overseas yeah. or to other countries. Yeah, you know, it's just an immediate light switch of like, wow, these people live on a totally different schedule, a totally different diet, totally mm-hmm. different values and cultures, mm-hmm. and society's rocking. Yeah. You know, it's all good. Have you ever been to the you Middle know? East? I have not, but I remember you telling me about that when you guys did the USO thing, right? Yeah. Um it it was uh it was crazy. I'm sure. It it, it was just yeah. you, you, culture shock for yeah. sure. Because I mean most a lot of the times you're on a military base and you're with Americans and, and yeah. it's you know, but just the heat. Oh man, the yeah. Heat was yeah we're not equipped for that was insane yeah. and i had never been i got like yelled at by by the uh the yeah. hotel desk guy mm-hmm. for having my feet up on like i was sitting wait we were waiting for our ride to come and yeah, i had yeah. my bag with me and i put my feet up on on my bag on my own bag yeah but it was 
I guess I, I learned later, it's disrespectful to show the bottom of your shoes. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, you know, I apologize profusely. Like, I was yeah. just, I'm so sorry, you know. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know. And he's yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's fine. It's, and, and, of course, from yeah. then on, you don't put your feet up. Of course, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You learn pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But it's like, it, it's, you can come over here, you can you can say, um, yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, why, why would they do that? That's dumb or whatever. And then you go there and you do it. You're like, no, this is just how, how they do it. This is yeah, where they live. This is their their corner of the world. And Well, and you can also inquire and learn deeper about why they feel that way. And there right. might be some really cool insights yeah. there. You know, that it's like, wow, I never thought of that you yeah. know, kind of thing. Or it's some things are just simple acts of respect Yeah, that it might seem like a trivial action mm-hmm. like that. You know, like the bottom of my shoes, who cares? Right. But... If you think about it from a respectful standpoint, it's sort of like the little things do count. Shaking right. somebody's hand when you meet them counts. Yeah, yeah. You know, like all that kind of stuff. So to them, they just have other things that count, you know? Right. Yeah. Like um, impressions were, were course, yeah. played such a big, you know, because it, it's tough. It's tough here now because yeah. everyone's so self-involved, myself included. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't uh, pull myself out of that. But um when people d- come up to you and like, don't look you in the eye when, when you're greeting them or, yeah. or shake their hands, it's like, it's just, uh, it's just an afterthought, yeah. you know, for a lot of people. So being over there, it was like yeah. every single interaction mm-hmm. that I had felt special to yeah, me. You for know? Sure. We had our handler that would take us out to dinner and stuff and would explain things. And, yeah. and it, it was cool. It was like going yeah. to the desert and seeing this oh, super old tree yeah. that was out right in the middle of the desert and just like, you know, the quiet and yeah. the respect of the area and, yeah. and, and the grounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just very, um, it, it was different. It yeah. was really, really cool. But That's one yeah. thing I love about Europe where people engage in conversation so quickly. Yes. You know, it's you can sit next to any stranger and have a real conversation. Right. Not like, oh, yeah, it's hot today. What's the weather like? Mm-hmm. You can have a real conversation with mm-hmm. that person as if they're your friend and they'll yeah. actually mean it. Yeah. You know, which is uncomfortable in America a lot of times, you know. Yeah. I it's mean, crazy. Yeah. Going going to Genevieve's hometown in, in Ireland. Oh, I bet. You know, going to the pub like they want you to know about their family. And, yeah. You know, fucking guy. Yeah. Was at the bar. I was with yeah. I was with Jen and I was with her brother and a, a few of their friends. We're all just hanging out. We're having a few yeah. drinks, having a good time. Not many people in the pub. Yeah. And there's this guy, this old guy, keeps looking over, and they they always want to know what's going on, yeah. who you are, whatever. Of course, yeah, yeah. So why are you here? <laughs> why are you here? Yeah, exactly. Why are you in my town? Yeah, yeah. So I walk up to the bar, and. This guy could hear me talking. He goes, "Where are you from?" You know, and yeah, yeah. he's asking. I was like, oh, "I'm from Boston," and uh, he goes, "Oh, Boston." And then he doesn't say anything. He just yeah. turns to himself. He's shit faced. He's completely yeah, shit faced. Yeah. Then he bends down. I'm like, "What is this guy doing?" He's like bending down over, like <laughs> messing with his shoes for for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then I grab the round. I I give the, the drinks off. I go to get the, the other one. The guy has a tin whistle and he starts playing a song called like the girl from Boston. Oh, he starts man. playing it. I'm like, what is happening <laughs> yeah, right now? Concert. <laughs> he had a tin whistle in his sock. That's what he was getting out. That's, that's what like... he was. That's what he was doing. And he was so shit faced that he had a hard time getting it. That's why he was down there so long. Man. It's so funny. His experiences. Uh, Lydia and I went to uh, Spain, uh, to Barcelona 
That was right after the oh, Kellogg tour, actually. I'm very jealous um, of that trip. Spent a couple weeks there, and uh, one of the places we went to was recommended to us by a local. Okay. Um, and uh, they they speak Spanish, of course, but they also have a different dialect there. It's Catalan, yeah. you know, up in that is that region. when they say their F's like this? Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And, um, and even more so, like crazy different words and stuff, a lot of X's and C's and words that are, you know, it's very different than Spanish in a hmm. lot of ways. Um, so we go into this this restaurant that they tell us to go to, and it is like I swear it's like the cheers of that city of Barcelona. <laughs> like every single person in the restaurant knew each other. Everybody. That's awesome. You know, so everyone's walking between tables talking to each other. The Norm. Wait- yeah, the waiters all know each other. <laughs> like literally, the bartender, everybody knows each other, and we just come in, and everyone, you know, of course, like it's just like okay, you know, like welcome. <laughs> Uh, who the hell are these guys yeah they're, they're so cool with us because spain is like the most welcoming place yeah um but we sit down and you know i could you know understand spanish pretty well then and uh i'm looking at the menu but it was all in this different dialect interesting and i was like even the print yeah the print and i was like i have no clue what's going on here right <laughs> so the waiter came over spoke no english and was just like you know so i, I just pointed at a few things dealer's choice yeah he he just brought them out Uh, he was totally cool about it and the stuff you know who knows what we were eating but it was delicious good i mean it was definitely a lot of you know choice meats (laughs) and things like that yeah yeah um and then you know when we're going to leave the guy behind the bar who owned the place you know like waved his hand and i came over and started asking me questions and he spoke sort of broken english and i was like where are you from what do you do i was like i'm a musician we're from the u.s and everything and he just went off and he started reaching under the bar pulling out picture frames of his family he's like my daughter she's a musician she grew up here he pulled out a map and showed me where she was on the map in spain and all this stuff and we talked for like 20 minutes yeah and he was so thrilled about it and it's it's it was authentic yeah yeah you know i was like when do you get like to share with yeah. people like that it's you awesome. know somebody we don't even know that you know i'd love to go there again but who knows if i ever will yeah you know and in a place where everybody knew each other and they were so welcoming to complete outsiders mm-hmm. you know it's amazing you know yeah. it totally flips your perspective you know and it's like wow this is yeah especially if you have that 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 musician that musical connection you know yeah. well it's, it's also cool in countries where that's like an esteemed yeah thing mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of times in the u.s as we've experienced you know you're a musician. Oh, what does that mean? You know, it's or like, does that mean you're broke? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do you do? You know, it's like, oh, I make yes, music. but it's more than that. <laughs> I make music. Um, but over there, it's it's like highly regarded. Yeah. You know, art is is a, the forefront of a lot of their cultures, you know. My um, a friend of mine growing up, mm-hmm. uh, his fam- whole family's from Italy, and they spoke only spoke Italian in the house. They had a, had a uh, vineyard out in the backyard and stuff. It's it was amazing, great. yeah. Um, this is when I was elementary school, probably. But yeah, yeah. Uh, his cousin came over from from Italy and was telling telling me he was like, "Yeah, nobody plays music. Like, like if you're a musician in our yeah. town, like everyone's gonna know who you are. Yeah, totally. Like it's it's not it's not like everybody does this. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a very rare thing. Yeah, and it's a special thing. Yeah, it's awesome. So it it was like that gave me. You know, I was like, maybe I should move to Italy. Yeah, yeah. Big fish, small pond. I mean, in a lot of those countries, in order to busk, you have to be licensed by the government. That makes sense. And you have to, like, audition. Wow. So, like, the people that are playing in the street are incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, they're professionals. Right. You know, and they're oftentimes making serious money. I've walked past some of them playing, and not only are they great, but they have, like, a suitcase out or whatever, the classic thing, and it's, like, full of euros, just, like, stacks. And it's just like, wow. 
And I know yeah. that they these yeah, are the gigs. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and I can't say this for sure because I don't know, but I've heard I've heard that they're more generous with their grants for musicians and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. In, in Europe, and definitely. Stuff like yeah, because I've I know some people that live off. Yeah. Grant, grant money you know yeah. because they're musicians and they're doing their thing and they contribute mm-hmm. in a certain way they, they have yeah. to do certain things for it and stuff yeah. um, there are but, a lot of government jobs in germany i've heard okay where you're actually a government employee as a musician interesting which is like you know what <laughs> i almost had a guy in it's the, incredible yeah i almost had a guy in the navy uh the navy jazz band yeah for sure came uh came and played at my jazz performance in high school mm-hmm. and they had like a recruiter basically of course, yeah, yeah. Um, who said like, yeah, come join, play in the jazz band. You mm-hmm. can, I know a couple s- of people the in the world. army band, good friends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and Brooklyn. I, I like seriously considered it. I was like, yeah. I get it's the a salaried gig. Yeah. When do you get that? You yeah. Know? It's like that and late night TV. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously. Two gigs. You know? Yeah. And, and you go and, and you, you know, you get to wear a nice uniform and, Get yeah. in shape, yeah, <laughs> kind of. There's some not in shape people in that band, but uh, <laughs> after after basic training. after basic training, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, all right, I'm gonna play my two. Yeah, it does. <laughs> hurt, 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 hurt. Um, it's pretty amazing, though. It is amazing. A lot of people love that option. They get to play. They get to have a different lifestyle than most musicians do. Yeah. Um, the commitments are deep because it's the military, but mm-hmm. they're also loose in a way where you know they have a lot of free time. They can right. do other stuff, you know. They just can't travel a lot because you have to be where you're supposed to be. And they usually don't get shot. It's true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Guy I know was in the in the army band it, during Vietnam. Wow. Didn't. Never they didn't saw even combat. send the band over there. Wow. It's crazy. That's yeah. Yeah. So, I would have thought during that time maybe they were sending everybody, but yeah. That's what you would think, especially if they're drafting people. Yeah, of course. You yeah. know? Yeah. You, Somebody's you, already in the military. Like, Wait, we already got this guy. It's yeah. like, yeah, but he's a hell of a horn player. Yeah. <laughs> we can't lose him. Yeah. <laughs> like you hear his chops? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the chops at that guy. You I've can't heard send him, him into he's Charlie. He's been playing giant steps in all twelve keys every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my oh, that's God. sort of messed up. <laughs> Charlie's gonna hate that guy. Man. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, there's so many different. Like when I was in Spain, yeah, um, we we actually got to stay in the town. We weren't staying on the base, which was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, we went to this this beach bar, which yeah. I guess this spot was really famous, or you know, quote unquote, famous in the town for yeah. their for their. Uh, uh, gin and tonics. Yeah, that's a thing over there. Yeah. yeah. It's so, not what you'd expect, but it's big. Yeah. Yeah. So we were there. We sat in this place. It was beautiful. It's a beautiful sunset. It was incredible. Right on the yeah, beach. Yeah. Mediterranean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. And then, um, you know, just like everybody's super friendly talking yeah. to each other and, totally and, and you're part of the fam like the second you roll in yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty awesome yeah i was i got shit face that night but it was uh it was really fun yeah that's a, it's an I, <laughs> and there's bidets in every bathroom yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. there's a culture difference you're like what I is this i didn't use it how does this work i've never used one i haven't either yeah, yeah i'm afraid of it yeah. I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid I'm going to like it too much. You got to use it at home the first time, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you don't want to be stuck in a public restroom messing that up. You come out soaked. You know? <laughs> People are like, are you all right? You know? It's like, oh, Couldn't you... figure out. I pressed the wrong button. I don't know. <laughs> I need, Rookie... need some new jeans. Rookie mistake. You yeah, always don't... bring another pair of pants to the bar. Yeah, exactly. Always bring another pants to the bar in Spain. <laughs> that is so funny. That's so good. Um, 
so you got any new guitars lately new guitars um not really you know i've been um i still rocking the heelys oh yeah of course my favorite for sure is it still the healer um, or is it, is it the growler I, the healer over? and the growler um the growler i've been playing a lot more actually growler was a gift right it was it was yeah. a surprise it was unreal yeah near and dear to my heart for sure I almost um, pulled the trigger on a growler. Oh man, got to do it. Got to do it someday. I, I Trevors really... are the best, man. It's like yeah. you know, I've been fortunate enough to play a lot of really nice guitars, and man, his are up there with anything that I've ever touched. And yeah, they're extra special to me, you know, because he's a good friend, and yeah. also just you know, the gift especially. I was like, what, you know, it sort of very much caught me off guard <laughs> on <laughs> yeah. that one. Um, and, uh, man, it's, uh, they're fantastic. Yeah. For sure. They're, they're awesome. I mean, I remember playing the healer and oh, yeah. it was like, like, this is a fucking awesome guitar. Yeah. And I'd never seen pickups like that before. Yeah. So we did, we put a weird combo in there. Yeah. Gold foil on a P90. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never seen a gold foil pickup yeah. before. They sound great. Yeah. They're really great. Yeah. As soon as I get, get an amp, like yeah. a, a good amp. Like That's I have, what I was going to say. I, I've been going down the amp rabbit hole. Have you? Yeah. Did you ever, did you sell the, the Morgan? Um, potentially next week. Oh. Um, I have another Morgan for sale too. I mean, they're, they're great amps. They've served me incredibly well. I've played them for eight years. Something yeah. Something like that. I just, you know, feel a need for a change. Yeah. And I started playing through a couple different things and I was like, wow, I just feel inspired. And I think it's just because I've been doing the same thing for so long. That's you know? like anything though. So, like, yeah. Same thing with drums. Yeah, like, you if need I... a different snare drum once in a while to like right. freshen up, you know, right. and it's like. And it completely so... changes the way that you play when you Absolutely. sit down. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, you you evolve as a player as you get older and play more, and you mm-hmm. evolve in your taste. You know, so my taste has just sort of changed. Right. You know, I get the reason I'm saying this is because I get so many questions as about the amps. You know. Like, oh, really? You know, just like what? Why aren't you? You know, using those? Are they bad or something? Especially when you're trying to sell them. You know, a lot of oh. people are like, "Well, what's wrong with it?" Or something. It's like nothing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just like, just want something different. Yeah. You know, but that's when you just say, "Like, I have a lot of stuff, and yeah, I, yeah, and I just don't need. I don't need it. I yeah. don't need it all, and I would change sure. my my palette. You yeah. know, it's just a change. I mean, it's been it's such a year, couple years of like massive change that it, yeah, like I've just sort of embraced that, and I really feel good about like changing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, what specifically? Um gear wise or yeah just, in just general? like you know <laughs> your sound the, the feel like um, what, how you try to approach your playing yeah so um well in the beginning of lockdown i saw it as this opportunity i was doing a lot of session stuff at the time and i i saw it as this opportunity to like shed like crazy really i think a lot of people probably did mm. and i was like man i never have to i mean i play for a living but i never have time to like sit and just practice all day yeah the right? pain the painful practice yeah and i was like this is great so for the first like couple weeks because we all thought it was going to be like three months and like in the summer we'll be back to gigging of course <laughs> two summers later <laughs> which summer yeah. <laughs> yeah which summer yeah 2090 um but uh so i i went hard and i just started practicing like six seven hours a day mm-hmm. And I loved it. I was like, this is fantastic. Like I'm feeling big shifts and all this kind of stuff that I hadn't felt in a really long time. And then I just got completely burnt after like two weeks. Hmm. And I was like, I didn't even want to look at a guitar. Hmm. I was like, nope, you know. And I, I honestly just despised it in a way. I was just like, no, like I just can't even. Yeah. Um, and then that just turned on its head as to this big like introspection as to like, what am I doing? 
mm-hmm. you know, which I think a lot of people had during this, yeah. especially in, you know, challenging fields and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like when yeah. your back is against the wall, yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah, a what lot am I of, gonna do? like a lot of people were for sure. You know, it was just, uh, yeah, I definitely had those thoughts for sure. Yeah. So, you know, um, then it, you know, as of sort of, you know, I, I ended up doing a ton of studio stuff during all this time, which I'm so grateful for because I was, I've been busy this whole time. I haven't had yeah. really any downtime except for that first like month. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, in that process, just like it, a lot of it, well, the majority of it is just production stuff, mm-hmm. which has, you know, sometimes very little to do with guitar. So I got like a nice distance from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I started getting back into gigs and all this stuff and playing more and everything, I really realized that like the amp thing needed to change, Hmm. you know, and that's when that stuff sort of came up. Then I started experimenting with different things and doing all this stuff. And that sort of helped me like, um, I think my playing, as you asked, came back like way different Hmm. in a weird way. Um, and I started noticing things differently, um, because I, we just had the space and the time to, I feel like. Was it like things you Um, were like like listening to like um like how would you practice basically to get so burnt out that way oh that was i just started transcribing a bunch of stuff and like okay. and just um yeah basically it was what i was doing was when i got yeah i was just transcribing when i burn out mm-hmm. um but then like coming back into things and just doing it from like a production standpoint you know i started to reeval reevaluate how i even heard guitar mm. and i wanted different things Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, well, I've always heard it this way, but now that I'm thinking of it instead of like a guitar player and more like a producer, hmm. completely changed the way I think about an amp, the way I think about a pedal, the way I think about a guitar. Interesting. They become tools and they be- they all have different EQ curves now. Okay. As opposed to like, um, you know, like I just, <laughs> I really like this tone, you know, which is great and it's inspiring, but does it serve a purpose? Right, you know, kind of thing. I always um, notice, and and uh, like, I always notice that your tone, and we have played together so, like, in the grand scheme, so few times. Yeah, totally. Um, One month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. O- I mean, the tone was always really, really great, but Appreciate it that. was always, it was always that. You know yeah. what I mean? It was always that one, that yeah. one thing, and maybe it was like set up for that particular. Yeah that particular thing and it sounded great but maybe didn't work for every song or something yeah, like that for sure um i did a particular thing with kellogg yeah well you know? it was also weird um, because because you were doing like bass sometimes you're playing acoustic too, yeah, you're yeah. doing you're doing guitar there was there was a, a lot, lot of moving parts yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of like we were both like very auxiliary you yeah, know sure. when, when it came to that particular tour yeah yeah um so but that you know that was one experience one time yeah. but i noticed that like it's like oh that's andy's tone like that that sounds like really clean really clear like you can pick it all out yeah and um you know like right now in music today there's yeah. so much like really dirty angsty guitar oh, sounds sure. like yeah. you know just like a lot of breakup in 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 yeah. the tones a lot of like like glitchiness yeah, to it you know for sure um so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious of like if if that's you know yeah well I mean with the with my band it's um all over the place like I go for a wide variety of tones in a single show so yeah. like the opposite of the Kellogg thing gotcha um so I bring a bunch of guitars you know that yeah. whole thing 
Um, switch when it you got them. Yeah, when bring you got them, bring them. I bring them because I can, not because I need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I hope that didn't come off the right way. I mean, no, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, when it comes to that, that's a diverse thing, but it's still like you know, thinking of it from a, a sonic standpoint, serving a purpose. Right. And then you know, when I'm in the studio, it's a totally different thing. It's mm-hmm. it's the the guitars are colors, right? And palettes that create different things and. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing I've noticed experimenting in the amp world is is the the touch and the feel of things differ so much that really changes the way you play. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it's similar to you know changing drum heads or sticks. Yeah, you know, for the, sure. The bounce, the second that changes, you're going to play differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so same thing with amps; they respond at different speeds, mm-hmm. um, and that really changes the way you play. And I've I've gotten way more sensitive to that from recording so much. Yeah. Um, because I can hear that in my playing. Mm-hmm. And I can know that, like, if, if I need to play a part that's going to sit pretty behind something, I don't want an amp that's too fast because mm-hmm. it's going to make me play with a quicker attack. And then you get those transients that are, it's not smooth. Right. Um, you know, for example, in the John Mayer note, mm-hmm. he plays amps that are generally, you know, rounded off in that way, which gives it that buttery kind of thing. Yeah. It's you awesome. know, um, and, you know, those things all add up. And, you know, I, I really appreciate thinking of it as a producer now instead of as just a guitar player. Mm. I think it changes everything for me, at least. Yeah. And, it you know, it's it's been really eye opening and uh, useful. Yeah. You know, it, it, it made me, you know, honestly, I went through and sold a ton of stuff. Yeah. Because I figured out I was like, well, I could do all these things with less now that I really understand them on a deeper level. Sean Quackenbush know? would not be very happy with you yeah <laughs> he's he, got he's the guy that's that's once said to me <laughs> whoever has the most stuff at when you die wins <laughs> I, that's all he said that's all that was like the second day i yeah. knew him oh really <laughs> yeah was, so i was funny. like that's so funny he's a perfect sound engineer yeah oh my god he is. He, doesn't he have like a warehouse in upstate new york yeah that's just full of gear just full of gear that's crazy and i'd like, like to go see that place sometime. i would Love to go. See Let's that hit place. him up and see if we can go. That would be great. Road trip it. <laughs> I, w- I, I would one hundred percent be down. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's interesting because I was always, you know, as as a young drummer, always trying to figure out like the thing that I liked in my head, like the sound I liked in For my sure. head, and yeah, it was that's like the pursuit, and it was the opposite of of the music you know, of what would sound appropriate for the music that I, I enjoy at the time it was appropriate, but, um, you know, if I was still playing with that sound for everything now, it's like, I wouldn't get hired for anything. Yeah. Um, it is a factor for sure. Yeah. That's, I feel like, uh, I mean, at, at least since the Kellogg thing, since the last time we played together, I don't, I, I like I don't even feel like I approach music or guitar the same way in that amount of time. Yeah. Like in even in remotely like the same. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so um, strange. And these couple years have been very helpful for that, mm. honestly. You know. It's funny like <clears throat> it's funny how from like band to band how mm-hmm. you know as a drummer, like I'm always looking for like the anchor of of yeah. like the time. How do how do I control yeah. how this is going to go? For sure. And like with Steven, it was always very clear. It's like, as long as I'm on that, yeah. that right hand acoustic guitar, everything's going to be great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
and it was always so clear. And and I didn't always like know that. I I yeah. sometimes I would try in the in the beginning I would try to follow his voice. Yeah. And it was just a it was a big mistake. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah because like he's al- he's always laying back mm-hmm. with his vocal. Yeah, yeah. And the the guitar was. You start jumping. putting it way in the pocket, and it's like whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then yeah, yeah, and then it's not good times. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just uh, that was always that was always the anchor, and I always enjoyed like knowing exactly. Yeah. All right. If I got that, if I can hear that, that's it's gonna work. Totally, it's gonna yeah. sound great. It's gonna be a great show. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it's like I don't necessarily have that same thing. Yeah. With with Carbon Leaf, it's more of like it's it's more of just me. It's like yeah. I'm the one. You, you know, set the tone. And I everybody follows you. Basically, yeah, yeah, totally. and and I don't always necessarily feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, because I I was always taught like you know everybody is is responsible for the tempo yeah which they are yeah you know, for sure that's not yeah, yeah. that's not a debated thing. yeah yeah that's true um <laughs> the drummer's always blamed yeah of course yeah. But, <laughs> um but you know it's just like it's just interesting you know i don't it know is, yeah. i don't even know why i brought it up it's no, just, no but that, that's a that's a great thing to think about because every single situation even on a song by song basis the mm-hmm. roles of everybody can change yeah you know yeah for sure um sure. and it's yeah sometimes you're the groove sometimes you're the color and yeah out in the wind <laughs> you know yeah there's nothing um, scarier than being out in the wind yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're have a bunch of people looking back yeah. at you <laughs> when uh, you're a drummer yeah that's that's definitely yeah no i mean i appreciate that on guitar you know that was a different different experience in that tour though because like you said we were auxiliary we were doing a million things at once yeah um but you know with the band it's it's with my band it's very much different per song mm-hmm. you know sometimes you're the core sometimes you're just you know you can do whatever you want basically right um how many guys are in the band uh four of us four yeah gotcha. um and then the other stuff i work on uh, like semi hip-hop stuff with an artist called uh who am i hmm. um that's a totally different game yeah you know it's a, it's everything you just have to adapt and i think that's the fun part of that it's just that, you know, every situation you're in, you have to sort of find your spot. Right. You know. What's that experience like? It's like fantastic. How, how does how does he, like, is he, uh, uh, like, a, a rapper or? Um, yeah, rap, uh, alternative. It's sort of, you know, it's hard to put it into a category. Is he just a vocalist or does he make? Does vocalist, he make... yeah. Okay, so you're you're producing the, the music. And... Yeah, okay. yeah, all gotcha. the music, so. Gotcha. Um, that's a very different mindset for me that I love, mm-hmm. you know, because we're going into, I mean, I love hip hop, yeah, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was always just like a fan, you know, yeah. um, but then getting to to work on that from the ground up is a blast. Yeah, um, I imagine. And a totally like... different hat. So like I can, I have to put down like the guitarist hat and think even more so that guitar or synths or whatever are literally just supportive colors mm-hmm. to like deliver a message. As yeah. opposed to, you know, a guitar riff, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. I imagine so much of it is communication between you and him, you know. Yeah, for sure. Like how he feels, like what, what he needs to hear yeah. as far or like what, what works or what, Absolutely, how yeah. you want him to deliver a vocal or something like that. Like It's so much fun and, you know, once again, I know I keep talking about this, but, you know, like producing has done mm-hmm. so much for me musically. Yeah. Um, because it's it is it's all about communication mm-hmm. literally all about communication yeah. with the artist with yourself with the song with the, the message the purpose of what you're making you know and, and when it's working it's oh, 
It's great. It's lightning. It's, when and, it's when, and when it's not, yeah. it's the worst. It like is. when you can't like figure out what the other person wants. Totally, yeah. And, and there's always a solution. Sometimes I've found, at least in my experiences, that the best solution is to like, if you have the luxury of it, to take a break on whatever project it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it's a, a single song, just like step away for a bit. And you, yeah. people do it all the time. It's not weird. Um, I do that in rehearsals a lot. Yeah. And like, then you hear it with fresh ears, you know, e- even on stuff that we work on with the band or if I work on with Austin, who's, who am I, um, we'll be working on a tune. And if it feels like we're hitting a dead end or something, it's like, well, let us sit for a week. Mm-hmm. I won't listen to it on purpose. You pop it on sometimes even on purpose in the background rather than like actively listening like you would normally do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll put it on on my phone in the other room. And when you hear it through a wall on your phone, all of a sudden you're like, that's what it needs. Yeah. You know, you're like, that's because you're just subconsciously, you're taking it in as an emotion rather than technically. Right. And I feel like that's the core of like producing is if you can draw the emotion out of the song, no one cares what snare drum you used. No one cares what guitar amp you used. No one cares if there's a guitar or not. Right. You know, what it is is how the song feels. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to figure out creative ways to like get into that. Mm-hmm. And one of those ways I've found is literally just listening to it in odd scenarios. Where that's, there, where that's an interesting be, approach. Yeah, it, where like it wouldn't be, you know, like if, if you're messing with something and you have like a song idea, like put it through your laptop speakers, which cuts out like half the frequencies, oh, yeah, the you know, and then go like cook dinner and yeah. hear it in here. And you might just be like, wait a second. Yeah, you know, like this needs this or something because you're just you're shaking it up, you're mixing, you're rolling the dice, and like yeah. you know, giving it a different angle. Well, yeah, because I mean, oh, that's that's a really good point because I'll a lot of times I'll put like at my desk with the monitors and everything. Yeah. I'll turn it on, walk away, yeah. kind of see that. That's that's how I get a lot of my um, yeah. arrangement ideas. Awesome, yeah, because. Exactly. Um, you know, if, if I think the intro is too long, mm-hmm. if I'm, if I walk away, I'm like, this is boring and I want to change it. Yeah. And I want to, I like that feeling that you get inside where, you know, that something is wrong, yeah. Yeah. but ma- maybe you're fighting it and yeah. you're trying to make it work. Yeah. And you're like, no, it's, it's cool. No, <laughs> you know, it's, it's cool. Like, yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. It's like, that's the time when you need to know to step away. Yeah. Well, and that, that goes both ways too. Mm-hmm. Cause there's some times where it's easy to overthink too. Right. And you're like, you know, this is really dope. Is it? You know, and then you're like, it can't mm. be. Like, I feel really good about it. it can't be that easy. Because yeah. sometimes things come together in like seconds. Yeah, of course. And then you're like, is it, you know, is it good? You know, and you have that same thought, but the other direction. And then you have to have a way to step away too and be like, it is that good. Just leave it. Yeah. It doesn't need anything. Or else. just follow, yeah. just yeah. follow. Trust let, it. Let what's happening happen. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and I have been guilty of of trying to like perfect things too much. And, and We're all guilty of that for sure. Yeah, but it, it's like even the idea that I could possibly perfect anything would yeah. is, is like outrageous. Well, the fun thing is <clears throat> when you start trying to, at least in my experience, which with the band, it's one thing because or, or with an artist that is going to do any kind of recording with live takes, Mm. even if it's just like the rhythm section live or even just drums and bass live, that stuff sort of to a certain degree goes out the window right away. Right. um, Because you're going to have imperfections in there. Um, But then with like the semi hip hop kind of stuff, we could go all day getting stuff perfect. And we have, yeah. But now after doing that a decent amount, depending on the song, it's like, 
all this is perfect because gridded drums, all that yeah. kind of stuff are what you want to hear in that style. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with right. that in that world. But I'm going to leave the guitar imperfect on purpose because I want the balance. Yeah. And I want to feel the depth of it, like the real versus the quantized. Right. Um, which is sort of cool because it, you get this like blend of of things yeah so it's everything like that is like a, a strange two-way street that you have to decide like which way you're going and then like when to stop <laughs> you know yeah let it let it be i have i always speaking of let it be have you ever have you seen the oh, yeah. uh yeah the documentary incredible so this reminds me of like when yeah. they were writing a lot of those songs yeah so there's always that moment in a rehearsal where you, you're yeah. doing something and you're like, mm, like you're working on something and you're bored and you're like, yeah. you know, you get that feeling like you're so tired and you're oh, just yeah. like, you're yawning and you're like, oh, man. everybody's sort of burnt. Everyone's yeah. like, nah, like what? We don't really know what this needs. That's the perfect time to walk away. But what I noticed that they did mm -hmm. was they would like break into a cover exactly or they or they would, or they Brilliant. would play a song that they had written when they were kids mm -hmm. to kind of spark some kind of like yep. to remember why they were there in the first place exactly. remember why the they purpose. were having fun yeah because they were also in that stale environment with all these oh, people yeah, around like them. bright lights and white walls yeah and it was just horrible like, oh man like sterile yeah, yeah super sterile environment probably oh. sounded like garbage in yeah. there and and that was their way of like yeah being together being the four of them together i noticed yeah. that too and I've, I've talked to some people about that the cover thing just yeah. constantly ripping other people's tunes yeah. and it like sparks the juices you know right the other thing i think my biggest takeaway from that which is right off what you said is their childlike yes kind of thing because creativity comes to you like a kid when, when you're a kid the, the you're limitless yeah your mind doesn't have all the the limits that we imagination built up. exactly and the second they go into that zone where they're not worried about their responsibilities, they're not worried about being adults, they're just having fun mm -hmm. and messing around, playing instruments they can't play. And Paul McCartney's trying to sing a whole song with his teeth together, you yeah. know, like doing that and like all yeah. that stuff. That's where the, Love the, that the inspiration just comes, yeah. you know, and it's so easy to look at that like I'm a professional you know, get to work and all this kind of stuff. But no, no. you know, like that's where the genius was. Yeah. In that. And you got to see it in that documentary, like the genius just emerge from these goofy places. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was so powerful. You yeah. Know, I, I like, mean, man. yeah. It's like when I saw that stuff, I was like, they're just like the rest. Yeah. I'm like, they're normal. They're just you like know? all of us. We're but crazy. Songs We're all are so much better. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it, it's <laughs> like it, it, it really, it really felt like that because yeah. I, yeah, I, I am totally down with like getting up, getting to work, Get, for like, sure trying to get the i mean you gotta flowing. have something done at the end of the day you have to have the regiment and that's and that's what we like paul was were, was coming from for he, sure he was the guy that was like pushing yeah like all right we gotta get this done we gotta do this we gotta finish this you yeah. know and but he and, also goofed oh when, of course yeah he's yeah. like right there with it, him it was like a really beautiful thing to see him and, and john like yeah. how they worked together yeah you know you could tell they they were burnt out they were sick of each other but when they came down to yeah to getting it done well, and, they you I feel like they had a deep trust yeah. for each other where oh, it's yeah. like they knew that no matter what, the thing that they were going to end up with is going to be the best possible result. Yeah. So if they were tearing <clears throat> each other's lyrics apart, it didn't matter to them because they're like, we're, we'll get there yeah. and it's going to be killer. You know, how many times did they change the lyrics to get back in that documentary? Like, Oh, dude. Over and over and yeah. over, you know, until the, it was like, here we go. This is it. And that's the magic thing. It's like when, when how a song gets from that point where they're, they're doing these these vocals and these yeah. these lines and these lyrics over and over again so yeah. long and you know that they don't end up in the actual song. I'm yeah. like, 
how long are they going to continue to do this before it gets to the point that we know it? Yeah. And it's like, and that is like where, that's where I believe that the magic in songwriting is, is that polishing. Yeah. Is that like being, that honing in that, mm-hmm. that editing. Yeah. And that's the hardest part about songwriting yeah. in my opinion. Well, I think you have that spark. Yeah. Like the creative spark. And then you move into like we're embracing this idea not ki- killing it or right, something right and it then feels good yeah and then you get to that point like you're talking about where you start nitpicking right and you're like we're good here we have the skeleton everything and now it's like what counts and right like, where can we fine-tune you know and all that yeah where are the interesting moments where the whatever yeah. and um might be an unpopular opinion but that documentary really made me not like george like it it changed my view of him. I didn't understand it, it compl- how he interacted with the band. Like it, at least at that point, I mean that was just a snippet of time. But right, right. But still, like it, you know, it was interesting. I was like, whoa, that's different. And oh, uh, let me let me but rephrase. Incredible songwriter in his own right. Right Here comes a son. And I don't. Something and I you know. don't not like George. Yeah. I I just didn't realize what the dynamic was. Yeah. I don't Be- know, know if anyone knew because no. they'd never let anybody in on no. that. Because everyone was like, you know, Yoko and. And it was weird that she was there all the time too, yeah. and and her I've had a lot of conversations quote unquote, about singing. That. Uh, if you were at a rehearsal and somebody's significant other was just sitting next to them quietly, yeah. for eight hours, yeah, somebody would say something. But, and be but like, it, why are you here? <laughs> but it depends. But that's the thing. Maybe not because it yeah. depends. It depends on who they are. Like Yoko yeah. was an artist. Yeah, they were. Uh, they they were known to always be together. So it yeah, probably true, became yeah. not weird at at some point. Yeah, like if it if. You know, if she was always like saying her her opinion yeah, about, she never really said. She anything. never said anything. Yeah, it like all, all. Was, happened at uh, you know behind yeah. the scenes. Totally. But with George, like he just, I felt for him because of his struggle to get his, his to be heard. Oh, of course, yeah. He had a really hard time not I mean, being heard to the point. Given him he, major credit, there it would be very hard to be heard when you're in the room with John and Paul. Right. You know, two of the greatest songwriters ever in history. Ever in history. You know, it's that's a challenge, you know. And, and like he, he deserved to be because he had some incredible songs. Incredible I, I, songs. Isn't Here Comes the Sun the highest played Beatles song ever and it's a George Harrison song? Probably. I think I read that after the documentary. I was like, that's incredible. It is you know? incredible. It is so incredible. think about that, you know, so that's yeah. different, you know. But for him to walk away from that situation, it just shows you how how long it had been going on, how, how yeah. frustrated he was. For sure. And, um, you know, I've, I've had moments like that where, where I wasn't the, the main guy and there was mm. some, like something was going on like in a song or in a session. I'm just like, this isn't working. I don't like it. Like, yeah, yeah. can we do it? This, can we try it this way? And yeah, just yeah. like, no one's listening and it's frustrating. Um, one thing I've learned is that every idea should be tried. Yeah. Every idea. If somebody suggests an idea, try it. Yeah. I that's just my personal And give like, it the and give it the the uh the chance it deserves because yeah, a proper try, yeah. not just like a 2 second like give it a shot because you never know where it's going to lead. Yeah, like try it and get it right. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's so important because you you know, I, I was talking to some of the guys in the band the other day about this and everything and um from my experience producing and stuff now I feel like the best way to get to just in my experience again, I'm sure there's a, there's a million solutions to everything. Everybody does it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, But the best way to get to a great thing is that nothing is sacred. Mm -hmm. 
the first idea that you start with might lead you to a totally different song mm. or the, the entire structure of what you begin with might not ever get used, but you come up with something else. So, but every idea is equally as important because it takes you to the next one. Yeah. So maybe your idea isn't the one that ends up on the record, but without your idea at idea number four out of 10, you would have never gotten to five, never gotten to 10, which made it a song. Which made it a song. So like every single never idea that in, the, in the process is equally as valid. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, somebody throws something out, maybe it doesn't work at all, but now you're thinking a different way. Yeah. And now the next idea comes. So they provoked the next one. Yeah. You know, so it's sort of like, I just love trying it all because I've been surprised so many times, you know, where it's like something's in your head and you're like, you have this preconceived notion of how it could or should sound to you. And then the second you try something that's out of left field, you know, you're like, wait, no way. You may, then, you then may you put have it just in, mute a couple other things and you're just like, oh my God, this is it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, like this is nuts. You may have just, just given me the answer and how to, how to take my ego out of those equations. Because, That's awesome, because I, it, I can't help it. Like it's oh, not, we all it, do it it's, naturally. It's yeah. just, it's just like how I yeah. feel, you know, in the moment. I think and, it's validating every single idea. Yeah. By thinking of it that way. You know, like yeah. everybody's input is equally as valid as the next one, regardless of where it ends up. But thinking that like, oh, this this other idea could could spark could be the moment that maybe it doesn't make this song, but it could be the moment that we use for this other thing. Exactly. Like, oh yeah, remember that thing that we tried on that? That would work for this or exactly. or something like that. Yep. Yeah. I had uh in one of the carbon leaf mm-hmm. songs on the the most recent record we did it's a song called smoky joe in the poconos nice I like and the title. <laughs> it's like you know a, a chugging along like a train beat like and i was like man i don't want to do this like again you know i just i've done this beat i just really didn't i just i felt like there could be something else it was just a little too hokey and it was a little too whatever. Yep. I will play this for you after and, you'll, okay, see, yeah, and yeah. you'll see what I'm talking about. Because I really wanted it to be a like a backbeat, like a halftime shuffly yeah. backbeat yeah, thing. Totally, because yeah. I felt like it just grooved so much harder. It felt yeah, yeah. so much better. And we met this compromise, which I don't think is always the best thing to happen for the song. It's like a compromise because yeah. we're both like this, you yeah, know, yeah, totally, yeah. like but, uh, butting heads and we just don't want to continue to fight about it. Yeah, so, so we you just want to end it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we come yeah. up with this thing that probably wasn't the best thing for the song. Yeah. And, um, and it ended up being like my part got the verses and then the choruses were the fast, you know, I listen back now. I'm like, that's not so bad. Yeah. You know, totally. that's fine. It would kind of, it probably would have been weird if we did halftime throughout the whole entire thing yeah, and, yeah. or whatever. So it was just a new, a new way to do things. But I was so like, yeah, I, I wanted it so bad. Well, I mean, that's natural though. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. that's a totally natural thing, yeah. you know? And it's, you know, like I like having conversations in the creative process that are open mm-hmm. like that, where people aren't afraid to say that. Yeah. Because everyone knows you're thinking it. Yeah. So like, just get it out there. Just right. be like, I really, really believe in it this way. Yeah. And it's like, cool. But if we can all agree that we're doing what's best for the song. Right. 
Because you have to remember, you're there. You're there as a team. Yeah, totally. You know, you're there as a team. You and nobody... there's credit to every single step. Like, yeah. You know, like I was saying, I really think that every single piece and every move, it's like a chess game. Mm-hmm. You know, the next move can't happen without the move before it. Yeah. You know, it has to happen. Um, and even if you know a bunch of them don't work, you still got somewhere. Right. That you weren't where you were before. You know, and then there's always another song to work. Exactly, on. it's another song. <laughs> yeah, know? it's not like this. And, is and, and if, if the the part you're coming up with is so iconic, but doesn't you know fit with that, make it into a whole new song. Yeah. Start from scratch. You know. Yeah. Um, the creativity, the well is deep. You know. The well is deep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, that's the fun part about that, though. It's it's just it never ends. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just infinite like options. Yeah, I'm always surprised. Like when whenever, you know, if I'm like i've been i've been in bed like just going going to bed and and just lie yeah. down and then just something pops into my head and i yeah. have to get up go in the, and and sing it into my yeah. my my voice memo i'm glad you do that's uh, awesome sometimes i don't and i have yeah. to convince myself that what i thought of wasn't that good <laughs> yeah you're like that's all good i'm too tired that's all i could <laughs> yeah it's like uh, it can't it couldn't have yeah, been yeah. <laughs> i was never gonna record it anyway um but uh a lot of time, uh, I've been telling myself more and more to yeah. do it because I've been writing more and more and, try, awesome, and yeah. trying to make that, um, yeah. you know, I, I love singing, I love songwriting, I love, sure, yeah. I love doing it. So I'd like to have more stuff. Yeah. I'd like to put things, more things out in the world. Yeah. People need um, to hear you sing lead, man. You're a great singer. Oh, dude, man. <sighs> Fucking chicken harm. Yeah. Deal, deal harm. Deal harm, John. It's my fave. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because yeah. I I love singing harmonies so much. It, yeah. it makes me feel weird about singing lead because oh, yeah. I'll, I'll you try to you try to blend in with someone else's voice so yeah. much, which you're really good at. You I have f- to say that it's f- insane. Well, I mean, yeah. it's just it's just become you know it's just yeah, yeah. part of the bag of tricks. And then and then when I go and sing on my own, it's hard to find my own voice. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It, yeah. it, it's it's difficult, or, or it's yeah. difficult to be like. What because, do I sound like as opposed to, yeah, blending? Yeah, because like other people, you know, the people I sing for are, are artists that have fans that sound good and, yeah. and like they deserve to have their voices supported and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. all right, well, what do I sound like, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's um, a fun little experiment to find out, right? It is a fun little experiment. Yeah. I like it a lot. And it's it's fun to get into like, you yeah. know, a logic session and, and do takes and find what works and what doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And, and that helps me out. I've done a live stream throughout the, the pandemic that like, you know, yeah. I just, I, it's just a sit joke. And play songs and yeah, I just sit and play songs. I crash and burn sometimes. Awesome. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. it's amazing, you yeah, know, totally, and, yeah. but it's, it's just a fun hang, but that's fantastic. But yeah, yeah man. Um, so you, all right, well, I mean, I don't want to, keep you too late i'm just chilling so <laughs> it's another human being so i'll go i'll go yeah. endlessly yeah man i could talk for hours this is great um you can edit out whatever you want <laughs> no this is great we i mean we got into some some cool stuff some really cool stuff um yeah i just yeah. want to like i want to get out of this pandemic yeah and i just want to create with other people yeah man that's my goal it's fantastic yeah. the pandemic was all about figuring it out how to do it all yourself yeah in my opinion in my experience yeah. in most people's yeah experience, like yeah. i figured out how to uh, I, I i bought a really nice camera and i yeah. and i took a lot of photos and i figured out how to edit video and i figured out how to 
um, do a lot of, of creative stuff like that, like make posters and make, make, um, overlays for videos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just don't want to do that stuff. Well, (laughs) now you have a new set of skills that you bring to a group application Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's extra valuable. And I know, and I know how to like, a lot of it is learning the language, a lot expressing what you want and what you want to do. Um, and I don't not like doing all that, but a lot of it's time consuming. It's yeah. like, you oh, know, where you have so, to yeah. play shows and then also edit po- a bunch of podcasts and yeah, then yeah. also like put out some content, video content. Man, it's like, it's the name it's of the game much. nowadays. It's crazy. Yeah. It's too much. I go in person. waves with, with like Instagram and stuff. So do know? I. Um, where I'll be, I'll be pretty active for like a couple of weeks and then I won't be for a couple of weeks. You yeah. Know, kind of thing. Depends what I'm working on. Cause you know, the, 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 the obvious thing would be to be like, just document what you do all day. You know, like if you're working in the studio, take a little video or something like that. But the last thing I want to do is be on my phone when I'm right. in that process. Right. Because then I'm immediately creatively in some other world. Mm-hmm. Or not creative. <laughs> you know, um, it's like, I, I don't know where my phone is most of the time. Right. You know, right. and it's like, come up for air and you're like, well, where is it? Like, where's <laughs> you know? my phone? Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, so it's, that feels good. But it's weird because it's that double-edged sword of, you know, nowadays that's such a big part of it, or it could be if you want it to be. Right. Know? And I see people doing doing a good job of it and making oh, it sure. making it interesting and, and maybe not not super invasive, but I hear you on on going yeah. through through periods of, of being active or inactive because I, I right now I'm in an inactive yeah, yeah. phase. Like I I'm entering one. <laughs> I love I love Instagram. Yeah. You know, I'll scroll sure. I'll scroll through all day and, and whatever. And yeah. it's my favorite social media platform, yeah. but I, um, I don't always feel like I won't just post something cause for whatever, you yeah, know, yeah. I feel like it has to like look good or be yeah. worthy of posting, you know? Yeah. I, of... I never post anything personal either. It's like, I keep, See, I yeah. keep mine like, which is fine. I know people who go both ways or whatever. Yeah. I keep mine totally. It's just like, studio guitar projects i'm working on it's sort of yeah. sort of like a resume online you right. know and that's probably the that's way. probably the better way to do it i don't know i mean people I tend don't. to connect more with the personal stuff you know yeah i find that the times i have posted those it, you know people enjoy that but i just like i feel like living my life and just doing my thing and yeah you know then i use that for like it's almost like business yeah but it's fun i will know no, i will notice that like when i'm on the road and posting photos of like you know, behind the scenes stuff, backstage yeah. or drums or guitars, whatever. Yeah. Having fun out there. Um, you know, I'll gain a bunch of followers and, and oh, yeah. stuff like that. And then when I come home, p- post pictures of, of my son and everything, it's yeah. like, you've been unfollowed by the three. It's like, wait, that's I not this, a guitar. I thought this <laughs> yeah. guy was cool. Yeah. It's so true. Reality though. rushing back. Yeah. yeah. Post videos of myself playing and those get some interaction. And then you post a, picture of a bunch of amps and that'll be like blow everything up you know yeah it's just like come on it's it's crazy man you know i fell into that trap for a long time like i wanted like an endorsement so much and and uh and this is a good lesson yeah don't want an endorsement yeah like don't want you get them don't want that (laughs) yeah totally like find the thing that you like like i had when i wanted what is an endorsement gonna do for you if it's not something you connect with right yeah, and like you the know, best. Like what is it gonna do? The best thing about 
having a relationship with a company like that, or like things that you actually use and actually like, totally. is that is that your first of all, you're not lying to yourself or anyone else. It's not just about a material thing. It's about right. You support. I mean, what they make helps you support your vision. Right. So yeah. it's like you know, for me, I would love a symbol endorsement. Yeah. Strictly for the reason that most symbol companies make good stuff now. Yeah. And I have the ones that I that I like, the, the couple particular ones that I like. And yeah. it would be very nice mm-hmm. to say, oh, man, I cracked this symbol. Yeah. Or I would really love to try out this particular sound. I'm looking for this particular sound. Like, what do you got for me? Or like, what can you make? Or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. And then have that kind of support be yeah. like okay yeah here it is you know that'd be amazing whatever sure. that that is that is it's the dream the only reason yeah. why anyone should want want something yeah, like that exactly it, i mean it's because then it's mutually beneficial absolutely and that's yeah like you said that's the whole point right and i think that in today's world of social media and stuff some companies are choosing to endorse people based on just follower count and all that's this all kind of stuff is. Because they're reaching a new audience, which makes total sense. Business-wise, that makes 100% sense just to, you know, it's a bigger marketing platform. Because there are the people out there that are doing cool shit that have a lot of followers that that are really good. Or even if they're not doing anything professional but have a ton of followers. Yeah. That's still a huge platform for the company to display their guitar or their drums or whatever. Um, But when it comes to, like, a real relationship with a company yeah i think it comes from the artistic side like you're talking about yes. where it's like you know i use this or i have for many years um and uh you know i would love to support what you do advertise it because i already do right. basically yeah. <laughs> you know and then yeah if you could do these little tweaks that would help me do it even better and usually that's not a big deal you know no it's not um, yeah, yeah it's not and 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 I imagine that it's gross, and I have approached this the wrong way earlier on in my career. Well, I think everyone does when they're young. It's like, yeah, if I could get like, a guitar, it'd be amazing. Can you know, I get? A, can Can you guys give me this thing? You know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, yeah, but do you really want it? Like you said, that's you know? not how it works. No, no, <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, what I really want is a Martin guitar, uh, uh. You know endorsement because yeah. i just want free guitars yeah <laughs> or well, most companies guitars. yeah yeah usually they're just a they discount yeah now. nobody yeah, gives totally, anything yeah. for free unless you're like you know yeah john mayer well of course yeah super cool well, i mean he's john helping mayer. them sell thousands so what do you yeah. think about the silver sky have you played one i have do you have one i do not mm. um i wouldn't mind one yeah <laughs> it was uh surprise isn't the right word because i have a prs and i love it mm-hmm. um but it was it was fantastic really yeah it was it was a great guitar and it took a minute to like it's not like a strat it doesn't play like a fender Hmm. um it doesn't play like anything else i've ever played so i had to spend some time with one and i went uh on a guitar safari with a good friend of mine you know just having fun for a day driving around to stores yeah and uh man guitar safari i like that yeah yeah might be the name of the episode there you go um and uh I think that's a Joe Bonamassa thing, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, man, it was uh, it was great. It was a great guitar. It did a, a certain thing, fantastic, you know. Yeah. And I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to like it. 
Um, I keep trying to get my guitar player to get one. Yeah. I mean, it it's really good. Down there. It, it does the vintage kind of sound. You know, it's not like super modern. Yeah, his big um, his big selling point for it is like is there's low end in the high end, there's high end in the low end. Yeah, which and, I am obsessed with. Yeah, you know that's yeah. one thing Trevor does great too. Is yeah, like, really even across the board. Yeah, I hate muddy low end strings. If mm-hmm. I can get the low E to sound bright, it's my favorite thing in the world. Which okay. is why Telly's, you know, my Anderson Telly, um, mm-hmm. is just it does that in spades, and it's like oh man. It's just clarity. Yeah. That low end snap, you know, Mm -hmm. if you can hit that. Yeah. If you can hit an open E chord and just hear it, it's just so good. Yeah. It's rock and roll. Yeah. (laughs) I saw, um, I saw a video of, of John Mayer's last performance. It was, um, Whatever he did, it was like a couple nights ago or something. Did okay. you see? Did you see any? I of saw them? clips on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's wearing the white pants and stuff. I think so. Yeah. New silver sky color, matte black, and I really oh, want it. Man, that's the my PRS is matte black, dude. I just I love matte. That are you serious? They're, yeah, that's oh, matte man. black silver sky. That's a problem. <laughs> it, it is a problem because that, it, that that could be the breaking point for me. Because <laughs> it's like you know has has the rosewood. Uh, it's 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 gorgeous i saw it and was like am i seeing this right that could break me because he has so many I know. guitar colors like the colors the new se that's out that's only 900 dollars. it's crazy and everyone I that i good. everyone that i that i've heard that's played it yeah can't believe how good it is wow they can't believe how good of a guitar it's amazing. it is yeah it's it's nuts I mean, it, in a way, it shouldn't be a surprise because with modern manufacturing and stuff, they should be able to make guitars better at a lower price. Right, you would think. Right, but I mean, it's just the materials that yeah. are different and and where it's where it's yeah uh, constructed. Or yeah, whatever, constructed. Yeah. And um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a poplar body, and I can't remember all the yeah. details, but it's it's matte black is the way, dude. I mean, it's just it. Looks that's honestly awesome. When I got the PRS, that was. The reason I went and checked it out. Yeah. I saw it online and I was like, I've never seen one that looks like that. And I've been in the market ish for something like that. Mm-hmm. Drove down and played it and left with it. And I was like, this is it's the only time I've ever done that with a guitar. Really? I played it for 10 minutes and I bought it. I did that with this. It was insane. You know, yeah. like usually, well, some of them are custom built, so that's months, but like other ones. I would try, I'd mess with stuff. It would be like long, long process. Mm-hmm. This was like literally 10 minutes. And I was like, this is... This is mine now. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> this will leave with me. <laughs> this will be mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it will be mine. In minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Gear, gear um, is, a, is a real problem. I, I, I have done a better job of, of kind of honing myself in and, and saying no to most things. Yeah, yeah. But like... If there's a, a symbol I really like, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough to find something, mm-hmm. you know, in that world because everything's different. Oh, e- for sure. Everything feels different. Everything, everything even if yeah. it has the same, even the same model. You could, yeah. you know, I played the day we tried the Silver Skies. I played like six or seven of them, and one of mm-hmm. them was hands down better than the rest. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, not by a big margin, right? Like PRS, they're all very consistent, right? Um, they were all great, but one of them was like, oh. Yeah, if you were gonna get it, that's the one. It's like that's you know, that's yeah. the one, and it could just be the setup of that one that right. day. Who knows? But regardless, it was like that would be the one. It was the know? better one, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you could feel the same way with drums and stuff. You know? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Even yeah. like you know because you know 
if 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 uh, a shell's like warped or something. Oh yeah. You know, it's. I was listening to uh, Paul Reed Smith's TED talk about yeah. the art of subtraction when it comes oh, yeah. when it comes to building guitars. It's He's like a genius of that stuff. Yeah, it's like we want this thing to resonate. We want it to mm-hmm. to take away as as little as we possibly can from the yep. resonance and and mm-hmm. the sound of this guitar. It's like yeah. anything the materials, the the nut that they use, the str- whatever. Everything counts, yeah. Everything subtracts a, they a little bit. We just need to subtract less. Yeah. The, the least amount yep. we possibly can from this from the possible sound. That's an interesting thing about amps too that I've been learning recently. Oh, yeah. Is, um, a lot of amps are built you know, some of the best amps I've experienced now are built that way. Mm. Um, where it's it's like the purest signal signal path, the less the least components they can do, you know, mm. all that kind of stuff. Let's just get it from the guitar to the speaker. Right. In the purest way possible, giving you only the control that you need. Right. Um, and that is awesome. You know, yeah, it's I also mean, very revealing. So like as a player, it takes some time to get used to. Right. Because at first you're like, whoa, you know, like there's everything. <laughs> you I know, hear it all. <laughs> yeah, I hear everything, you know. It's, yeah. Um, but it's great. Yeah. You know? I And I had never, you know, I never really thought of that before. And it made me, like look at my instruments differently. I'm like, what yeah. what is taking away mm-hmm. from the sound? And it's like, you know, in some cases, I'm not always like uh, every every uh, you know tuning rod needs to be exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just I need to get it to a place where it feels and it sounds really good. Totally, yeah. And I notice in some some drums that I have, like I don't like the hoops that are on them like yeah and makes sense you know and i and i'm always like well if that's what came on the drum that's what has that's what it is and whatever so i heard that thing and i went out i'm like i love this drum that i have so much and it sounds so good it just it feels too harsh when i hit it yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna change the hoops on it and i bought new hoops so I'm just... It's like changing pickups on a guitar. Yeah. Like this guitar feels incredible. Something's a little off. Something's off. Yeah. Switch it up, you know? I have always been afraid to, like, customize things and change yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So, because I think I'm either going to, like, put it in the other direction where yeah. I'm going to make it worse. You could always or, put it back, I guess, right? I, yeah, but I, like... Unless I'm you're drilling. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, yeah. I have, like, a mental block when it comes to it. I'm just, yeah. like, I'm going to fuck something up. Like, like drilling or putting... Yeah. putting pictures on the wall oh, yeah. I'm it's like, like oh I'm no gonna, like yeah. if that's wrong i no one i could never fill yeah, that yeah, hole yeah <laughs> you know? it's over i don't even know where the paint is yeah, yeah, how could exactly. anyone ever match a color yeah you know yeah, <laughs> it's totally like, yeah yeah i just i'm i'm so uh, uh i'm the least amount of invasive as possible but i hear you i mean i've been exploring more yeah now so. i mean on that note i have very few guitars that i have never modified hmm and that's how I know that like it's killer. Yeah, it's like if I if I have it for a couple years, record with it, gig with it, and nothing changes. Yeah, I'm like from the get go, whoever designed it, built it, whatever company, whatever they nailed it. Yeah, did, you know if that's were... if that's the case, you know. Yeah, um, they had the whole picture in mind. Yeah, you know, like the Paul Reed Smith thing, um, Trevor too, Anderson, all those guys. They just like, you know. Here it is. Yeah, they're about the details. And yeah, I modified, I I haven't modified the Anderson. I did once. I swapped one pickup out and then I promptly swapped it back. Really? Because it was just like, nope. He was like, nope. Yeah. This is what this thing wants to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it's cool to know that like when it is what it, you know, it came the way it wants to be. Right. You yeah. know, as opposed to like, it's like Frankenstein, <laughs> you know, where it comes and you're like, yeah, this is like 80%. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it could funny. be a little better. I never even, <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid, but I have never, uh, it took me a long time to figure out that people even like changed pickups out of, oh, yeah. out of guitars. I didn't think about that for years. I had no idea. Yeah. Even hardware yeah, on guitars. Sure. Like changing, you know, mm-hmm. the the bridge to to a different material Huge. Or, or or whatever. Yeah. The nut. Didn't know massive factor changing the nut out. See, I didn't yeah. I didn't realize that was such a big factor mm-hmm. until I saw that Paul Reed Smith yeah. TED Talk. It's massive. Huge. Especially on like Gibson style guitars, mm-hmm. it'll change the tuning stability. Everything it's just it's a game yeah. changer. Because yeah. that's a big problem that I had with my Les. Well, have with my Les Paul. Always, yeah. G string. It goes Gone. out. D string so too. Yeah. Quick, man. Yeah. And if it's you so if you get a bone nut put on that Les Paul, no problem. Yeah. I mean, you might still want to lubricate a little because the, the string breaks at an angle. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. what makes it go out of tune. Right. Um, so if you do that, but with a bone nut, it'll be night and day difference. So crazy. You know, it's crazy. And I'm also coming at it from like always playing an acoustic guitar. So I'm, I'm always strumming. I'm always pressing a little too hard on yeah, my left yeah. hand For sure. and, and it takes some time to like readjust and, and yeah. not do that. But, yeah. um, you could use heavier strings on your electric. That might help a lot. I have like 11s on there. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Is yeah. 11s, yeah. Yeah. I have 11s. That's definitely good to do. Should I mean, you could, 12s? You could. Thing a lot See, of people do that's the other thing i'm afraid <laughs> yeah yeah well strings that's not that big because if i change well but you well, have to, adjust have to the, readjust the the, the, the inti- bridge the intonation on the bridge the intonation and the action probably because it'll pull a little harder more right. tension but the thing is the times i've tried that i'll go to the new gauge i won't touch anything mm-hmm. so i don't have to do it again and I'll just see if it's there close enough. And then if it feels worth it, then I'll do the adjustments. If not, you just switch back. Yeah. Um, but you, you'll get a good enough idea without changing those things. Yeah. To know if that's the feel you're going for. Because it won't change the feel that much. It's just changing the tuning and all that kind of stuff. I would love to get um, to the point where I'm comfortable enough to like do those things myself. Yeah. Because it's hard. I, mean, I could show you. It's, well, I know like, yeah. I know basically like what it, you know, if, if, if it's, yeah. you know, if, if the note is flat then you have to move the set up forward you have to do it forward yeah Yeah, to shorten shorten the note yeah Yeah. um yeah i mean i guess it's not it's it's like you're not really gonna break anything too bad one thing i've learned through the the custom guitar especially with trevor well all with trevor um seeing him do it is that these things aren't fragile you know right you know i've seen him like manhandle stuff in the best way you know and it's because obviously he's a professional (laughs) um i wouldn't do that um, but the, they're strong. Yeah. And you can, you know, if you think about the amount of abuse they take on a tour and when you're playing them, you know, you can, you can give them, you Even know, just having them in the trailer. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're not going to hurt them by changing strings and doing all this stuff. Yeah. And you're never going to throw off something so much that it's not just adjustable back to where it was, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I remember uh, some of the best, I mean, Eddie Van Halen, Eric Johnson, all these guys tear their instruments apart. And, you know, put them back together and do everything over and over until it's the way they like, you know? Yeah. Um, I was, uh, 
<laughs> I was changing. It's funny you say you're just changing the strings, but I was <laughs> I was changing the strings on my Les Paul yeah. and broke I, the headstock off. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Yeah. I didn't real I didn't realize that the bridge just comes right off. Oh yeah, so if you take all of them off, it just falls. And it you're just, like no, <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, what just happened? Yeah, do one then, at a time. And yeah. then like the screw, like yeah, they're loose. They're loose. Yeah. So yeah. it completely changed everything. I was like. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, so I that brought, is a thing. Yeah, I brought it somewhere to get it That's to good, get it yeah. set up again. But I, uh, you don't know it. I've I've done the same thing years ago. The first time I did that, I yeah. took all the strings off. Same thing. It just fell apart, and I was like, Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, What the fuck? So, I always change the strings one at a time now, unless yeah. I have to do something else. Right. You know? um, right. But it just keeps it. It tends to keep the the neck adjustment, the truss rod, mm-hmm. even too. Yep. So like when you put a new set of strings on, it feels the exact same as it did. Yeah, you know, because the tension didn't go away for a while. It's funny how how seldomly I would change the strings on that thing. Oh yeah, like never. <laughs> I was like, I barely knew even knew how to change the strings. But yeah, it's yeah. funny, like you know, I I feel that I feel a lot more comfortable with the acoustic instruments because it yeah. feels like like I beat on it yeah. a lot. You know, yeah, you know, like drums. Have, it makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't have the it's same, percussive, very yeah, percussive. It doesn't have the same sensitivity. Yeah. that that an electric guitar has when it's coming through an amp like you can like barely touch oh, the man. strings yeah you have to be delicate you wet sure. and it wails um so yeah. maybe maybe that's what it is maybe that's what it is i ha- i'm I, I feel like they're too delicate and they're not yeah they're not as delicate as well, i think i mean on the note of all the gear stuff you could find ones that like so heavier strings help mm-hmm. as as you mentioned also an amp that isn't as delicate mm-hmm. in response right you know you would probably like the British stuff more than like the American kind of amps. Yeah, like a Vox or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Vox or a Marshall-y <clears throat> kind of thing because they, you can hit them. Yeah. You know, like ACDC or something. You know, think about that. Yeah. Like you can you can give them a lot and they take it. Right. And the fenders are definitely more delicate, more like bouncy on right. your hands and stuff. And if you hit them that hard, they just sort of flub out. Right, you know, right. They're, they're not built to take like a beating. I had an AC-15. Oh, yeah at one point um well i actually had a marshall solid state half stack nice. in, in high school <laughs> gotta have the half stack Dude, it was, <laughs> i've never had a half stack i feel like i'm missing out you are we we ha- it was so funny because like everybody in in my high school like had had all the gear and like the big half yeah. stacks and just stuff rolling you had to have, you you roll push it, in, it yeah you know and um and it was great but yeah, it was yeah. too big and i wasn't playing in that band anymore yeah, i wasn't yeah. you know i was playing more drums so i ended up trading in that half stack i got the ac15 it was great yeah and it was fun and and whatever i had it for two days yeah and i was like i'm not a guitar player and i traded it back in like oh. if you know yeah yeah and i and i ended up with a snare drum so i went oh, yeah in, in a matter of like three days i got the steve jordan signature snare drum Ooh, which is that can't be bad <laughs> way more than what i paid for it now that's awesome yeah. yeah it's it's one of my favorite drums it's actually not here it's on my sister's house nice um but i i went from a, a marshall yeah. half stack which <laughs> i bought and didn't go on the band trip to uh to florida one yeah. year because i wanted to get an amp instead <laughs> yes, and the band director was it's a rock and roll decision right band there. director was so mad yeah. at me because i'm not coming with you guys because i'm buying a half stack <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was the president of the band at the oh. time i oh, was like serious? i was like the, le- the lead the lead drummer like i was i was not the person that he did like the want. quarterback you pulled out you're like <laughs> yeah. i'm not playing <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
What would be the equivalent yeah. of, of a quarterback pulling out and doing something like, I, I can't do it. I have to like take yeah. my kid to hockey practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. You know? yeah. Um, you're Antonio Brown it. <laughs> yeah, I'm walking. I'm walking off. Yeah, yeah, it's done. Yeah, I, I, I did that, and it ended up being a snare drum in the end. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Hey, well, it led to good things. Love that drum, but I still I'm sure I, it's amazing. I still wish I had the half stack now. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, imagine I would that love thing a, you know sitting over here. Honestly, I played <laughs> in the studio one day. I played a real one, like it was like a '68 Marshall Super Lead half stack, mm-hmm. and it was terrifying yeah it was so loud yeah on like two that i had um ear protection in with the headphones over and i was like worried and it was literally you could feel it in your whole body when Mm -hmm. you played a chord your whole body you know and it was like i have no clue how any of those eddie van halen acdc those guys you know played those shows and had any hearing Oh my god! You know, because they had like tons of these behind them cranked. Yeah, you know, it's so like a lot of them had to be there for show. I hope so. A lot. Of them. <laughs> the, I yeah. mean, some of that was pre. I mean, not Van Halen, probably, but uh, the early stuff. The reason those were designed to be so loud is because it was pre PA system. Mm. You know, they didn't have a lot of that, so like it had to power. You know, it had the to space. Mo- it had to yeah. push push some air. Um, my buddy, it's, man, I don't know. my buddy Chris, when I was I was playing out in in Illinois, this yeah. was when I was in college, and he invited me out there to play some drums and and have a band and do like some regional stuff around there. Yeah. It was really really fun. But I was with him mm-hmm. when we went to this guitar shop, really cool spot, and he had I mean some serious gear, dude, like yeah. some really nice guitars, some really nice amps, and he bought. Uh, it was it was like a reissue Marshall full stack. Yeah. Like like uh uh full stack. It was a Jimi Hendrix yes. reissue. Like it it, it had a, a one hundred on the on the actual super lead one hundred or something like that. Or, yeah, something. I, I didn't know what the one hundred meant. Okay. Yeah. On, on on the actual cabinet. Oh on the cab. Okay. And the and the know. bottom cabinet was like an extended like an extra oh, long yeah. thing. And then I had another one on top of it. Pure rock and roll. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude. It was. It'd break your windows. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> unbelievable. And I and I remember us like. That talk, would be so much fun. I remember us talking his, his mom, who actually just passed away, um, oh, talking talking his mom into buying him this thing oh, no. and we're like and we're like it's gonna be an investment it's gonna be worth <laughs> so much money like, and why do you need this yeah it's nine feet tall <laughs> yeah. it's li- it literally is nine yeah. feet tall it's like eight or nine feet tall it's it's, it was you had to like have a step stool just to put the head <laughs> on top of the cabinet it was Perfect. so it was so ridiculous such a such a fun and incredible sounding amp and he would play may we all have a gig where we can play those <laughs> dude we were playing literally a bar gig yeah. bar gigs and he 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 shows up with this thing every bar in the town heard that bar gig <laughs> oh my god it was incredible because this place I, I can't remember the name of the bar but it was right up the street from his house yeah and you know lives in the in, it was freeport illinois nice. in the sticks it, yeah. it, it was so fun like everybody was getting shit faced there was you know deer heads need and your antlers. pickup truck to carry the amp there exactly yeah, yeah exactly yep yep and uh dude it was it was epic and it was so fun yeah we, oh, I, definitely. I you know i thought we sounded really good man we were it's fucking rocking 
volume is undeniable dude you know and, and i think that on like a serious note with it i know i totally get why venues want to bring the volume down at mm-hmm. shows um and obviously different bands and artists it's appropriate to have the volume lower um but it's not as fun <laughs> it's there, there's yes <laughs> and there's, there's also like something about the volume that gives the music the energy it creates that it an needs. energy it, for sure. it creates an energy yeah you know and it's you know you, i'm sure you you in carbon leaf and every project you've been a part of has those conversations every night with the engineer like can you guys turn down yeah stage or, volume's a little hot yeah and it's just sort of like well yeah sometimes i can for sure other times it's like, man, we're pushing it into a zone where it's just not going to rock anymore. Right, right, right. You, right, you yeah. know, and like, we need to do this, you know, and it's like, we just have to. You yeah. Know, like, it's, amps are like, it, it's interesting. Amps, you, they need to be at a certain level to get yeah. to get the thing that you're looking for. For sure. Yeah. So I know that we... And it's not just sound, it's feel too. Right. They start to feel sort of anemic and lifeless like when they get too low. Right. Which affects your playing mm-hmm. because you're, you don't sustain. You yeah, know, then you're digging in, in, in in a yeah, weird way. Sort of like, ah, you know, like it's not fun, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, the loudest thing, well, I guess we're all on ears. So it's mm-hmm. like, we oh, can cool. we can listen at a very low volume, which yeah. I need nowadays. That's you know? fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, just to kind of like you know prolong my hearing. Yeah, and, absolutely. And um, but the loudest thing on the stage is probably the guitar amps. Yeah, you know, without a doubt, our our totally. rhythm guitar player goes goes through a head, but it mm-hmm. goes direct. So there, oh, wow. he doesn't have an amp or anything on stage, yep. and then. So if you're in ears, you could then put the shields in front of the amps. Which we do. That's awesome. So like yeah. if I'm in ears, I don't mind that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But if if we're out with wedges, I don't want guitar in my wedge ever. Mm, yeah. Because the sound of guitar coming through a wedge is just garbage. garbage. It doesn't matter what you do to it. It's garbage. Right. Which makes you totally uninspired. Mm-hmm. I want all the volume coming behind me. It's even amp, It's even know, tough like, on ears. Yeah, like, it can be for, for sure. sure. If the mix is not good, it's oh yeah. man, it's rough. Yeah. What what Carter does is he has a um, you know, he has his close mics. Yeah. For four fourteen? No, I don't know what he yeah. uses. Um, what's the one? The like the long microphone that's usually on toms that people put on toms. It's like a Sennheiser. Jeez. Uh, oh, um, blank and all that whatever yeah it's not important um, oh i know what you're talking about yeah i know yeah I know which one it, actually, about. it has like a weird clamp to it yeah yeah um but he has another mic that yeah. he he sets up kind of like maybe a foot and a half away yeah up top um interesting yeah next like above the shields to give it some depth yeah, yeah to so give it, it doesn't feel like space. close mic yeah exactly yeah. And, that's awesome. and that's the one that he kind of turns up in his ears well you know it's something genius that i've noticed recently um is that you know the the universal audio aux mm-hmm. box i've been using one of those for a couple of years a fantastic really? recording tool it's insane so good but i started seeing them pop up on stages live mm-hmm. on multiple amps the guys three amps with them one on each I'm like what are they doing with auxes live hmm. you know like why would they be using that this is amazing. Front of house is taking, the reason I was questioning that is because the cabs were also mic'd. And I'm like, mm. they wouldn't set up mics on the cabs if they're just taking that line and giving it to the house. Right. Or they wouldn't even have the cabs. Right. Unless it's just to look cool. Um, but the cabs were mic'd, the oxes are on top. What they're doing is the front of house is getting the mic'd cabs for real. The ox is their in-ear feed. 
Hmm. So every single night, their in-ear mix is identical. Depending, doesn't even matter with the room or right. anything. So they right. have a totally consistent monitor mix. Those have room mics in them, so you get the ambience. Yep. All, I'm just like, this is an insane use for that. That could yeah. be pretty cool. That's a really good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't even matter what room you're in. Your mix and your ears is going to be the same. Yeah. But front of house gets the real amps. I mean, you're still your real amp, but they're getting the real speaker on stage going off to the audience. Yeah, we use. Um, we I was use like, an, man, that's great. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, we use an X32. Yeah. Um, for your for your in ears rack for our in ears. So like it's it's very consistent. Yeah. But we have one of those too, the X32s. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. With with all the mics and stuff, like it it your your ear mix does change from room to room for a little sure. bit Mine, which is yeah this would cut that out at least for the guitar amp it would yeah. be literally the same you bring up your preset and it's that's really nice it's crazy that's you really know? nice yeah i do have a tough time oh well, it's another thing to carry and plug in though <laughs> that's know? true and if there's one thing that we don't need yeah it's more shit more stuff yeah we have so much stuff man, it's outrageous i can't believe yeah i've seen some of your live show picks and i'm like man it's a setup it's fucking no, stupid. It's got to be intense. It's so dumb. There was something nice about the trio when we did that. It was oh like, my man, God. This, but I, I guess I had the most. You're in and I, out. I had to do bass, slap, steel, and guitar. But yeah, um, but still, that was nothing. You know, it wasn't that bad at I all. Would, I would kill for that load in and load out. It's crazy. Like seriously. Yeah, yeah. It's just fast. <laughs> it takes us uh, on like if we're hustling, we can get set up and ready to sound check in ninety minutes. Wow. That's if we're hustling that's that's uh, you know and Man, break breakdown if that's if, the long yeah yeah it, breakdown is, is usually faster yeah um like an hour 45 minutes oh, is, nice, is yeah. probably the quickest we've ever done it but yeah. that's because like a fucking dj was playing yeah of course it, that we need to get out of here yeah, yeah. We, need, we need to switch this over yeah, it's yeah. like uh i don't think you understand we're running all of our own split snakes yeah 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 so it's yeah it's really crazy and we bring all of everything yeah everything basically that's crazy you know, mic stands mics everything um so it's pretty it's pretty intense that is very intense yeah yeah. Hey, if it serves the music, then got to do it, I guess. Right? We kind of have to do it at this point because yeah. if we, you know, it's it's next to impossible for us to do fly dates. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I mean, that would be Carter's not going to play like a rented Fender Deluxe or something. Yeah, something. that's tough. He's just not going to do it. Like yeah. he won't. And um, he has so many instruments, and we have so many songs that require yeah. like different things all the time like you should see him on stage it's he's like doing a dance that's amazing yeah. it's like all right i'm on this guitar for this song all right i gotta switch Does he have the double pedal board set up yeah he yeah, has yeah. he has the big electric pedal board in front of him and then mm-hmm. on the left is all of his acoustic stuff and then he has yeah. a little guy with like the wand the volume pedal and all that yeah, stuff yeah. it's it's i mean you gotta when you come out to yeah. a show yeah that'd be great there and, and nerd out <laughs> step on some pedals yeah. man it's so fun and he lets me like he's nice enough to let me just like yeah, yeah. grab a guitar and turn start it up and yeah, just yeah. start like he's like yeah whatever you want just yeah. don't turn any knobs yeah exactly <laughs> yeah they're all where they need to be yeah, yeah. The buttons are fine knobs are yeah, off exactly, limits yeah. yeah it's it's so much fun man that's awesome yeah Dude, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. Yeah. It's a pleasure to do it and also in person. Yes. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, this was great. This was a, a, blast a real pleasure. Up. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right. Thank you. And that is the episode with Andy Sorensen. Please 
email into the podcast at afterthegigpod at gmail.com. And I never mention this. You can always go to my website to see Carbon Leaf dates. You can see my dates. You can you can also listen to the podcast on a player at the website and all that stuff at my website, jessehumphrey.com. I never never mention that. You can see some cool pictures and, and stuff like that. So um, hope to see you over there. Hope to see you at a show. And have a great day. Enjoy the music. Goodbye. So there we were beneath the burning sky. Both had a reason to live, but so much more to die. We'll fade to side. Who has to go? Oh, oh. We both know pain, but we deal it too. Or who's dealt more? Well, I leave that up to you. I circle around, but you double back every time I turn you. There are facts well I guess I met my match I drew fast but he drew first had to make me bleed The question's first away No, no.